gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the internet. Here in the basement of the Great Hall of Justice are the most powerful forces for good podcasting ever assembled. This is the DC Superpowers Podcast. This looks like a job for Superman. To the Batmobile. My name is John Jones. I am the Green Arrow. Hey, super friends, welcome back to the DC Superpowers Podcast, issue number 72, for New Comic Book Day, September 6th, 2017. I'm your host, Ken Rose, and sitting along here with me in the basement of the Hall of Justice is my good buddy, Vern. Hello, everybody. How are you guys doing this fine evening? So how are you doing, Vern? Good. We're in the basement of the Hall of Justice, so my day can't get better. That's right. Now, it, it figures we're off by a day again, but next week we'll be hey, right back on Monday night again. We had a holiday, though, so you know I hope everyone had a good old Labor Day holiday, ate good, and had celebrated with the family. Hopefully the food coma didn't last too long. Hopefully not. Um, sad thing for me, I cooked and then felt like I went to a coma of my own because I had a sinus infection, so I oh, ate, that's terrible. fell asleep. And it lasted for about a day, but I'm feeling better now. Good, good. At least as long as you're feeling better. Oh, yeah. So um, we got some um, pretty big news that came through. We have a new Titan. So we're yes, up to three. Yes, we we are. Um, I still have no idea who's going to be the Beast Boy, but we do have a Dick Grayson. Exactly. Uh, we So we'll get to that here in just a minute. Um, we got a lot of movie news. Oh, yeah, a lot of movie news. There's We even have more movie news than we got on this uh our, our little script right here. But yeah. <laughs> uh, there's so much coming out. There's so many rumors going around, guys. We don't want to fill the rumor mill up too much. We'll only give you details of things we think are really important. Until somebody says this is actually happening, we're not going to really report it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but... We do have uh, something here for Superman, if anybody remembers. There's something, uh, how many years yeah, ago this, was this? I saw this a couple of weeks ago that um, this was, they had put this out, and this is awesome. This was actually originally done back in 1946 or 1947, something like that. Yeah, because this uh, says weirdly uh, in the 50s era. Yeah, um, well, the what it is, and um, Vernon, you're going to have to put this up on our Facebook, the couple of these images up oh, on I'll our Instagram. I'll put this um, everywhere. Instagram. This is something I think everybody needs to This is awesome because this was um, before um, the civil rights movement and all that got into full swing. Yeah, and as we said, Superman seemed to be um, a beacon of hope for a lot of things for years ago. We even had exactly. something dealing with the whole um, uh, yeah, this other was problems than they had um, back then. Well, I'm going, the story's not that long, and what it is is it's a... Um, this was a piece of artwork done for basically on um, paper bag stock for um, kids to wrap their books in for book covers. Mm-hmm. And it's Superman talking to a bunch of kids. And what he actually says, now this was done in 1949. Remember that. It says, and remember, boys and girls, your school, like our country, is made up of Americans of many different races, religious and religions, and national origins. So... so. If you if you hear anybody talking against a schoolmate or anyone else because of his religion, race, or national origin, don't wait. Tell them that kind of talk is un-American. Help keep your school all American. Mm-hmm. Now, you got to remember, this was before the Civil Rights Movement got up and running really strongly. Yeah. So this was some, as we said before, his time. Mm-hmm. He was already trying to stop the hate. Well, um, the way the article reads is um, that DC Comics... Um, the, yeah, the reason this is uh, being 
circulated around. Now, everybody's probably seen this image, but we're going to put it out there anyway because yeah. it's so awesome. It's, it's been digitally restored. Um, they digitally restored and um, a widely circulated 50s-era color poster of Superman advertising to school kids the importance of respecting diversity. The author of the poster remains um, a mystery, but um, DC reports that the revamped art is believed to have originally been the art was created by Wayne Boring. Now the um, I just read what the uh, poster reads, and it says um, the restored poster can be seen on here because originally it was in black and white because it was just printed on the um, newsprint. newsprint. Yeah, and that's what it was for uh, the. But they've colorized it and made it into a um, full size poster now. But it says in 1949, DC um, produced the same image and text in a limited run, originally for an eight or 12 inch by 18 inch brown paper school book cover, which was distributed to schools by the National Institute or National or the Institute for American Democracy, which is an offshoot of the Anti Defamation League. Uh, this was the same year that DC worked with the National Social Welfare Assembly to publish a long-running series of public service messages using their characters in the pages of its comic books. It was part of DC's corporate social responsibility, which would undoubtedly resonate in these modern times once again. It's and crazy it how things kind of circle around and circle, circle around. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I thought that was really great because, as you said, before the whole civil rights movement got started, they were already trying to show that in comic books. So, as is for, anyone can read. Exactly. Anyone can pick it up and we can connect. And i be honest with you, I think that's why we got so many comic cons. And, it, well, after, um, at the end of the show today, I'm going to have, make sure Vernon puts up at least the um, the poster here mm -hmm. and gets it up on our Instagram. So, you guys can go over to our Instagram. If you've not seen this, go to the DC Superpowers um, Instagram, which is just straight DC Superpowers podcast, correct? Yes, it is. And um, we'll have that up on there so you guys can check out what this is. And um, it's awesome because ba back in the beginning, Superman was already champion for hope for everybody. Yes, he was. And that's why he wears that big ass on his chest. That's He's right. He's a symbol of hope, right? Well, the next one is one that Vernon was really excited about. Me too, but... Oh, yeah. I know my buddy Kylan is probably looking at this also. I figured they were going to save the Dick Grayson um, uh, actor for last. I figured they were going to get a Beast Boy and then say, hey, guys, here's the leader. Yeah. But they uh, put him out for third. Exactly. So uh, everybody knows that the Titans uh, TV drama, or actually, I guess not really TV drama, is going to be a streaming service It's drama. still a television series. Still is. Uh, well, they have found their Dick Grayson for the upcoming drama of Titans. Greg Berlani, Jeff Johns, and uh, Evica Goldsman has found their Dick Grayson. Akiva. Akiva, thank you. Uh, found his Dick Grayson, uh, the young actor, uh, Benton Thwaites. Brenton Thwaites. Brenton Thwaites. Thwaites. That last name. But fans will recognize Thwaites from recent uh, films like Pirates of the Caribbean, like what you were telling mm -hmm. me about, uh, Dead Man Tells No Tale, and The uh, Giver and Maleficent. Maleficent. Mal Mal that was the Disney um, retelling of um, Sleeping Beauty. I, I did with, not even see um, it with um, Angelina Jolie. Angelina right? Jolie as Maleficent. Yeah, I, um, well, in Pirates this past summer. I didn't see that movie. So he's you a didn't Disney see Pirates, guy. did you? No, I haven't seen anything he's been in except well, for um, Oculus. He was, was actually, a WWE film. He was the main actor. He was the lead in um, Dead Men Tell No Tales. He's the, he played the son of Will Turner. Did he? Yeah. I did not, like I said, I, both those Disney movies I did not go see, but he did play in a uh, horror movie, Al Oculus. Uh, yes. If anybody watched that from WWE. Also, he was in, uh, they didn't mention it here, but he was in Gods and Monsters. And I mean, you tell me or about no, that. Gods of Egypt. Gods, Gods of, Egypt. of Egypt. Okay. He was the basically the lead in Gods of Egypt. So he's played a lead before, from what yeah. I'm hearing. And um, he played a lead in Oculus, too. 
So um, now this is what they had to say about Dick Grayson, uh, why they picked the actor. Dick Grayson is one of the most important iconic heroes of the DC universe, and it wasn't easy to find him, but we have. Uh, Brenton has an emotional death, heart, danger, and physical presence of Batman's former protege and the Teen Titans' future leader. We're extremely lucky he's chosen to bring some his talents to this project as this character. Um, and I liked how he said future leader. Because I think when they're going to start off in the show, he is not going to be leader yet. They're going to introduce us to the Titans. Yeah, I think they're going to probably form the team on the show, so mm-hmm. they would be, he would eventually become the leader. Oh. I wonder who's going to be the leader initially then. No one. Who's putting the team together? I feel like he probably will put the team together. Because do you remember um, the synopsis we read before? They are still looking for a police officer. Because Dick yeah. Grayson was a police officer in Bloodhaven. Or Bloodhaven, whichever way uh, you want to pronounce it. But I really think he's going to be uh, doing that as a cop. And probably balancing between being coming off of Robin and finding himself as the new Nightwing. And then become the leader of the Teen Titans somewhere in the first series. Okay. So um, we also have a couple other actor- actresses uh, for Starfire and Raven. But no Beast Boy. Yeah, the only out of the characters that they've actually announced, Beast Boy's the only one that's missing. Right. Which, in the, the way this has been going, we pretty much every week have been getting one. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll probably, probably get Beast get Boy one next this week. week or next week. Um, Our luck, it'll the they'll announce Beast Boy like either tonight after we're done recording or it'll be tomorrow <laughs> morning. Yeah, right. Because um, yeah, I think he was announced last Wednesday. Yeah, he was. So um, I also heard, as I said, I couldn't find any article about it, but I heard from a video um, on YouTube that they were also looking for other. Um, Actors to play um, Hawk and Dove. Okay. Um, and another one. I of, can't see them using Hawk and Dove as re- regular characters, though. They may be uh, like a guest star type deal. They might be. I have. I don't know. Just because, in general, people don't know Hawk and Dove that much. Well, you got to think about how many now, people. Now, all of us, everybody that's listening to this show, right. and why, we know Hawk and Dove. Right. Well, I was going <laughs> to say, since there are the same people that made uh, Arrow and Flash, how many people knew about Huntress? How many people knew about Pipe? Yeah. How many people that's knew why, about, yeah. You know, so they can get some characters most people aren't too familiar with. and Put him on the small and Berlani, and Berlani's been known to do oh, that. Yeah. When he pulled um, Felicity into Arrow, yeah, no, Felicity one. was a um, small character in Firestorm. Firestorm. Yeah, I think it was and his stepmother. It, yeah, and Firestorm has really not sold. A, I mean, he sold some books, but yeah, it's but not he's been not a the huge, top guy yeah. from DC. No, I don't think he's been the biggest top or top lead since like what the eighties, probably somewhere in there. Yeah, so, um, that's um, that's Titans though, guys. Uh, and in the comments for anywhere you find us at on our email on Facebook list, no guys. Who do you think they're going to cast next besides Beast Boy? Who yeah, who would make be a good Beast show? Boy? Yeah. Um, along with Beast Boy, though, who else do you think they're going to get for a fifth member? That's my biggest yeah, question. Yeah, are they going to put a fifth member? That's why I keep saying they need to bring in Kid Flash. I, you already got my vote. We know how it will work for Wally needs to be part of the team. And I like the little mix-up they're doing because we've got the original team of Teen Titans. Uh, and actually, I would not be opposed if Colton Haynes was willing to do it. Oh, please. Uh, bring it in Speedy. Speedy. Or actually, I guess um, Arsenal, Arsenal now. Yeah. Maybe Arsenal. Oh, please come on. We need I still want to see that brotherly bond, brotherly bond between Nightwing and Arsenal. Yeah. Roy and Dick, they were just they were great in the comics. They were fighting. It it, um it's like Roy and Dick uh, made a great team. Mm-hmm. Wally and Dick Grayson are always together. Everybody hangs out with wants to hang out with Nightwing. Yeah, I mean him and Raven, they seem to be pretty mm-hmm. cool friends. Some of the Starfire made a relationship. Hey, Cyborg and Nightwing. So he's just he's got that um team leader skill that he wants to be everybody's friend too, just not their leader. Exactly. Also coming up in the TV, we have um we've mentioned it here a couple times before. Sometime later this se- this year, on the CW seed, we're going to be getting Freedom Fighters: The Ray. Mm-hmm. 
and um, Greg or Mark Guggenheim has officially announced, um, which we had we had already assumed on here that it was going to happen anyway, that Melissa Benoist is going to be um, voicing one of the characters, mm-hmm. but not really Supergirl. Now that's what well, threw me. Technically, though, if you read through the, what this is, it this is, is Supergirl, Supergirl, but from another world. It's a different name for Supergirl. That's all. Yeah. Um, now, in a recent interview, Mark Guggenheim broke the news that Melissa Benoist. We'll be joining the cast of the upcoming CW Seed series, Freedom Fighters The Ray, but not as the girl Steel. Instead, she will be the voice of the Earth X superhero Overgirl. Overgirl sounds which, if I remember right, Superman. Well, Superman was Overman, isn't he, or yeah, something like that? Yeah, some, something like that, or Uberman, or something like that. But um, it, from Guggenheim, it says uh, Melissa is so sweet and. Is so, or, and so is her interpretation of Supergirl. Mm-hmm. It was fun to hear her voice, or her voice record records, and see she's capable of a darkness. Yeah, uh, I think she really enjoyed playing the bad guy for a bit. Now, Freedom Fighters Array will pull it from the recent Multiversity: The Master Men one shot by Grant Morrison and Jim Lee. In this, um, on an alternate Earth dubbed Earth X. Nazis won World War II and led to the uh, Man in the High Castle type scenario, with many popular DC superheroes reimagined as Nazis. Now, Guggenheim went on to um, say it's called Freedom Fighters the Ray for a very specific reason, which is, which is we knew we wanted to establish the Freedom Fighters and Earth-X. In Multiversity, Grant Morrison came up with, the idea, um, with an idea we really responded to. The Freedom Fighters are made up of various minorities targeted by the Nazis. Women, gay men, and Jews. We wanted to honor that idea. At the same time, it is an origin story for about the Earth-1 iteration of the Ray, which we know is actually uh, um, a gay superhero. Yeah, and that's what it's... Um, it's like. Is that his new interpretation? With, uh, I don't remember rebirth? if he was gay originally or not. I'd have to go back. I think I have his... The Ray number one, because mm-hmm. it was one of the Zero Hour books. And I said, I was trying to find the Ray toy from the Justice League and could never find it, but... Did um, they ever actually put one out? They had a lot of characters that didn't have any uh, big roles in the Justice League Unlimited, but they had their toys. Okay. I just couldn't find it. <laughs> well, um, they also say it's also been reported that Nazi versions of both the Flash and Green Arrow would appear in the show, although it's not disclosed if Grant Gustin or Stephen Amell would voice those as well. But if you anybody who's seen the trailer... Like we saw the trailer that they put out at Comic Con, mm-hmm. and that and was... that that definitely that sounds like Grant Gustin and Stephen Amell. Oh yeah, and, and the trailer. Yeah, and if that's they're... why. Also, this really this is news because they officially announced it. But Melissa Benoist voice is in there also. And this is like we said uh, before. This is the uh, same team that's doing the Vixen uh, animated series on yeah. the um, CW seed. And from what we got from this, also it's uh, Constantine going to be on here too. Yes. Well, that's actually coming up um, here at the bottom of this, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, they go on to say about how um, Vixen and is um, has been on CWC and Constantine's come up. Now um, they also Guggenheim also I believe this is yeah says um, what's been fun about the CWC series is with each one you've learned something new and been able to apply it to the next one. So Vixen season two is better than season one, and the Ray is stronger than Vixen season two. I'm thrilled with the way things are shaping up. So, um, anybody who doesn't know, the CW Seed is, um, is actually, you gotta go, you might find the app somewhere, but the, um, the CW Seed is basically the CW's 
offshoot website. Uh, there's some apps out there for yeah. it. Um, um, you can get Xbox it. Xbox, I think, has an app yeah, for it. Yeah, you can also get it on um, Roku. Roku has it. I don't think um, Amazon Fire Prime does. Uh, Amazon Fire Stick does. I haven't downloaded it yet. But um, they have a lot of the CW shows that um, either have been canceled or just old shows. Because, mm-hmm. like, Constantine, or also anything that Warner Brothers wants to put on there, because um, Constantine is on there. Uh, is Smallville on there yet? No, Birds of Prey is on there. Smallville's on Hulu. Okay. I know, but Birds of Prey, um, Constantine, a lot of the animated movies are on there. Oh, yeah, a lot of the animated movies. Crisis on Two Earths is on there. Yep, and I think ever since Justice they did that 10-year anniversary, they started putting more on there since it oh, became yeah. more uh, popular, and plus it's been that 10 years. Um, yeah, this is uh, going to be another series that they're going to be pumping out. Now, how, does it say how many episodes will be in here? It doesn't say. If they go with the model they used for Vixen, Vixen was um, five to five. ten minute episodes, and it was mm-hmm. like five episodes. You're right. So Constantine, I'm assuming, is going to be very similar, and so will the Ray. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, they may go a little longer on these. I don't know. I did hear, though, unfortunately, this past week, and I didn't realize it was happening, Was um, but this past week, they had actually taken the CW, took all the episodes of the Vixen and made it made it into a two hour movie that they ran on the CW. Oh man. The problem is, I don't know if they didn't advertise it enough or just the wrong time. Cause it bombed bad. I mean, they only, they had, um, like I think they said it was like 700,000 views on the rating. I didn't even know what was happening. Yeah. So I don't think they put that. And we look at the news and everything weekly and we didn't yeah. see anybody reporting that. Well, the, what the, the bad news for that is the fact that they probably will look at that and we won't be getting any animated series on the CW. But that's not, as I say, if we haven't found it, I'm just not saying, uh, they did bad, but somebody in marketing didn't do their job, right? Yeah. We should have heard news about that. And we report to you guys, <laughs> go watch it. Exactly. So, so I'm we'll have to, to figure that. out what happened there, but because yeah. um, Vixen, both seasons oh, were I loved awesome. It. I thought it was good. That was a good introduction. Then because of the animated series, that's why we got her on the show in exactly. live action. So it's not like nobody wasn't watching the animated series on the seat. Fans were watching. That's why we got her. So exactly. I, I don't know what happened there. Some Something was a mishap. Um, but next here, guys. Now, this this actually fits into toys and movie news. It does. Um I, now this one I'm kind of excited about as long as it doesn't take up a large part of the movie. I am too. I'm. I got a smile on my face because I was hoping for it. Me and you've been talking about. Now, wait, wait, wait. There's no mullet. Darn it. <laughs> I'm actually thinking good. There's no mullet. I would like to see at least a beard. I don't even see a beard on here. Well, he must have shaved real fast. Yeah. Well, anyways, guys, this comes from a Reddit user. Uh, if anybody out there on the internet found, this, especially the Reddit people, there was a photo uploaded um, from the from the. Uh, just Sleek movie series of toys from Mattel. And in here we have... It little, looks like the back of a, like the artwork from the back of the packaging or something. You're right. You know how everyone gets a toy and then you open it up and it's like, hey, buy this when you get the rest of these. Well, we have a lot of figures here and it shows uh, different alternative suits for Batman, Aquaman, and yes, even Superman. These are coming in Series 2. Series 1 shows um, four, seven figures. Mm-hmm. And Series 2 will be seven figures. Uh, series 1 is Superman in his regular blue and red suit with the red cape. Very shiny, too. Oh, he, you know he got shine. It's that Kryptonian shine right there. Uh, one woman in her Amazonian armor. Uh, Batman, his regular bat suit. Cyborg, seeing his face. Aquaman, uh, Steppenwolf, and... Uh, a parademon. A parademon. But no Flash. Wait. But in no series Flash in two, two, series one. You get the Batman in his alternative suit. Flash in his regular suit. Another parademon. Now, here's the uh, kicker right here, guys. The four figure they are um, willing to release Well, there. let's go to the other ones first real okay. quick. The other three. Well, the other one is Cyborg in his 
apocalyptic. Yeah, uh, that's kind of weird. That mother um, box you only get one Wonder Woman, but you yeah. get two cyborgs, and you get two uh, Aquaman's. When yeah. without his shirt, I'm pretty sure like it was in the trailer. Without the armor, yeah. Right. Then what's the without one of the gold armor? Is that Steppenwolf in armor? I have I I seriously do not. Who know. Who is that? They did not say. Okay, but uh, the one that's, that's, that's got a bunch of people eye. talking mm-hmm. is this figure. For Superman. Now, this is Superman in his black suit. Now, I don't know if they... Some, I just had an advertisement there. Now, I don't know if they did this because everybody's like, hey, let's put Superman in a black suit. But most of the time when they're putting out these movie figures, they haven't been wrong yet. And this happens for every comic book film that comes yeah. out. The toys give away most of the plot or a character the film does well, not that, want to show in the This past trailer. weekend was, um, for all Star Wars fans, was Force Friday 2. Mm-hmm. I heard they about released something about all that. the toys for, um, for the... Um, for the film? For The Last Jedi. Oh, okay. And, um, well, not all the toys, the first wave of toys. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times, that's where you get your spoilers. You start to figure out, okay, what's going on in this movie? And because of that, you'll, as you said, spoiler alert, the mm-hmm. toys come out. Now, see, this is something I think they need to start talking to people. It's like, talk to the toy lines and tell them, do not release these toys until midnight yeah. of that movie release. Well, what it is, is that it's the marketing side of the company that's approving the artwork and stuff. Not the actual movie side of the company. Well, I guess they're so the, the marketing ones that side doesn't this. know what spoilers and what's not. So from this picture, guys, and I'll put this up on Instagram, or I can just put this on Twitter for anybody that wants to look at. I feel like this is more of a Twitter photo. Well, this is one that's a rumor that's been around for a long time, and um, a part of it is the fact that they're basically doing a Death of Superman story built into these couple of movies. Yeah, and I was gonna say if you, if all the comic book fans out there, after we've seen that whole uh, Doomsday. Uh, uh, after we saw Doomsday and uh, Taunton of Justice, we all figure, okay, they're going to do a death of Superman. So yeah. going to the movie, I was already like, well, Superman's going to die at the end of this. Mm-hmm. And what happened? And he Superman dies. And what happened when they he came back? Funeral. They're waiting. Yeah, we all knew he was coming back um, for this. And it's just gonna, it's a matter of how they're going to do it. Well, it looks like we are going to get the black suit of Superman, mm-hmm. at least at the beginning of it, at some point. Somehow, some point, he's going to have the black suit. I almost want to see Superman at the very end of this, because we know there's another mm-hmm. Justice League movie coming. Same. This was originally supposed to be a two-parter. Exactly, until uh, we got some Joss Whedon in there, which, from what we'll get into that later on in the news. But I don't think it's a bad idea, Joss Whedon, to uh, change a lot. I, The reason why I love what he did with the script from what we're hearing uh, with the changes, as in Dawn of Justice, it was setting up for too much. It was instead of just going on one story. It was like, let's set up this story and set up another story and then add these characters. And here it's like, well, let's just go short, put some exactly. characters in here, do a little story, and then we can do another movie. No well, rush, also, no um, I, they, actually, this transitions into the next story we're going to do is um, the fact that um, we have, from insiders, they've found, this one is kind of a rumor, kind of not. Um, they, we found out basically how He's, much has Joss Whedon actually so influenced um, the new Justice League movie. Now, um, we know that um, there's been a lot of people wondering what credit is John Joss Whedon going to get in this? Mm-hmm. Is because he going like to be? Are they going to have a two directors credit? Right. Is he going to be a writer? Is he going to be a producer? How mm-hmm. are they going to do this? Well, um, during a recent interview with um, Superhero News, Forbes writer. John, Mark Hughes sat down to talk about the film's fluctuating credits because sometimes there's um, it says one thing, sometimes it says another. Um, it says the superhero enthusiast is known for reporting on all things DCEU, and Hughes defended recent news that Joss Whedon would be getting a writing credit on Justice League. He should, as he should. Which is, yeah, that's basically what, right now, that's what his credit is, is the writing credit. Now, they do slip something here. There, Now, there is some possible spoilers in this. So if you want to jump ahead five minutes or so, mm-hmm. that we're not going to hold it against you. No, but we are going to talk about But there is it. a little bit of spoiler in here. 
Because I didn't realize... Well, I thought this character was going to be here, but I wasn't sure. So this is your spoiler alert. Now, um, it says... Um, I think there's some confusion about what precisely he has to do, um, Hughes said. Um, what I heard is he's done roughly two dozen... Or almost, or almost two dozen pages of new material and rewrites. Now, the script for this movie is probably, um, for a movie this size, you're talking 100, 150, 150 pages. Yeah. So, I feel like um, everyone... And that's actually, like that's long if you guys... That's to be honest. No, that's, that's a really so. long movie at 150 pages. I was thinking with Zack Snyder, a lot of the ideas he has. You gotta think, the script doesn't have a lot of that in there. True, that, true. But the that's script the is script. mostly di- dialogue. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Hughes continued further explaining one of the script's most surprising changes. This is where your spoiler's at. On top of that, there were a lot of scenes that were cut out. You know, Darkseid has been excised from the mo- um, from more of the film, for one thing. Mm-hmm. That means he had a lot larger part before Joss Whedon got in there. Now, this is something I heard about when they first started. I think, um, yeah, when everything first got out, that Jack would be out. Someone mm-hmm. said, "Yeah, even Darkseid got taken out." This would be before the whole Lex well, Luthor news. Well, he's not broke. fully taken out because there's scenes that have been cut and characters who have been cut from the film. Um, don't take that as me saying Darkseid has been cl- been completely cut from the film, but I'm just saying that things have been changed. Now, yes, it's fair to say that probably a third of the script total, um, when you add the new pages he wrote and rewrites he wrote, the delegate the um, deletion of pages and scenes out of the movie, it's probably amounts to enough to qualify him for about a third of the script he's had effect on. Now, um, if you're just in case anybody's actually confused about this, um, um, wait, if you're confused why fans are speculating about Joss Whedon's total influence, you need to look at a more, a, uh, look to a recent press release from Warner Brothers. And, um, the studio officially listed Joss Whedon as one of Justice League's screenwriters last week, leaving fans to wonder how much he has altered the film. Mm-hmm. According to the um, now, according to the Writers Guild of America, and that's the one that's going to be the ones to say how much. Well, no, can he they don't get, have right? to. They explain that um, the Writers Guild of America, a writer, is given credit on a film um, that they've contributed to one third of its totality. But Hughes cautioned fans that. Um, about connecting Whedon's credit to that. They may not have had anything to do with Whedon getting the credit. Now, um, Hughes explained that the WGA may not have made the formal ruling on Justice League. If nobody at Warner Brothers asked for the credit to be arbitrated, like if no one challenged the fact that he was getting the credit, then it would never even gone to the WGA and they'd just give him the credit. What it is is that rule's in there in case, like, someone in the studio, one of the producers is like, well, I don't, he shouldn't get that credit because the movie was already written if when he got here. If they can't decide really on If they're arguing about whether or not he should get a writing credit, then them. they give it to the, um, to the union and writing let them you. figure it out. Okay. Well. Now, um, let me see if there's anything else. Let me gleaning through here. Uh, friends concerned about Justice League. I think that was the biggest news. Is he's actually? It looks like he's done a third of the movie. Um, probably about twelve to fifteen or twelve or so pages of brand new stuff, mm-hmm. plus things that he's made tweaks and changes to. Okay. So um, it's more. Um, principal photography was mostly done, but all the rewrites or all the um, reshoots and everything else was him. Okay. So they've so done a lot confirmed. of stuff to um, make this movie a little bit better as they go. And if you guys got to keep working on it, keep working on it until we can get that That's movie. right. Get the good movie out there. Mm-hmm. So, And I trust Joss Whedon. I've seen, I've seen oh, some of seen, his work. We've seen a lot of his work. Um, 
Firefly, Buffy the Vampire oh, yeah. Slayer, uh, well, the Avengers movies, more. So, Josh, you got my faith, and I trust you will do good. Exactly. Uh, the next one we got is actually for Wonder Woman. Now, we know Wonder Woman is coming out, what, in two weeks on Blu-ray? It's already out of digital now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes out August 29th and August or September 19th, yep. so that's next week. Or wait, wow, is that wait. two weeks? No, that's, two, no, that's two in two weeks. weeks. It comes out on Blu-ray and DVD. Like, Man, but she is really flying. <laughs> if you go to YouTube, yeah. you're going to find a, um, a, little short a little featurette of Etta Candy talking about her relationship with Diana Prince. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go and play that with you guys so we can um, have some fun with this. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. I met her, Candy, and you've caught me smack dab in the middle of reminiscing. I have got a collection of some of my absolute favourite photographs. The Here, mics are off. I have a lovely oh. photo of Diana. Now, Diana Prince I believe, right? met under unusual circumstances. Yes. Etta Candy, I'm Steve's secretary. She told me that she was moulded out of clay, which is nice. However, <laughs> I felt it incumbent upon me to help her with her outfits. Conservative but not entirely unfun. We tried on several outfits. She came out looking quite attractive, I will say. Lovely. She wasn't over fond of our current trends. Ooh, I love her very much, wanted to kill her, but the rest of my time with her was joyous. It can be difficult navigating the dangers of modern London, but Diana never had a spot of trouble handling little hiccups that came her way. She had very, very you know, I'm going to turn the mic back on so we can talk. Okay. If you want, you can talk Diana over this a little bit. bought with her okay. some mementos from home. The sword and shield. I prefer a sensible handbag. Although, to be honest, I can think of several uses for a magical glowing lasso. <laughs> I am single. Diana brought some light to a very dark and a very difficult time. I'm very glad to call her my friend. No one looks better fighting in a tiara. Although I haven't had a go yet, so let's not compare too soon. I am not opposed to engaging in a bit of fisticuffs should the occasion arise. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a little featurette there. Yeah, so that's the featurette on, um, from Etta Candy telling you about her relationship with Diana Prince. Mm-hmm. This, that was some great stuff in there. Um, and the actress here, uh, crud, I'm the blanking I'm, now. I'm trying, I'm trying to find her in this. We should have been looking this up while you were Yeah, I know. We should <laughs> If we were good, we would have... Um, I don't see your name actually in here. Well, while you're looking that up, real quick. All right. Um, you know, this was awesome. We know that the DVD and Blu-ray is coming out. Um, um, that's going to be good stuff. What? I also seen this uh, deleted epilogue. I heard was uh, going into something about what she's going to be doing in her future. Oh, nice. Because we there are rumors that she may be in the um, the next Wonder Woman movie. Also, right, right. So that was a little epilogue for but, what's um, next. And I actually did, in the last two weeks, I actually read an old-school Wonder Woman story and found out who Etta Candy was back then. Oh, did you? This was an old... Um, Lucy from Davis. The early four- yeah, Lucy Davis plays Etta Candy. But um, Etta was actually, if anybody didn't know, Wonder Woman at one point was being helped by a, a bunch of girls from a um, girls' college. And these were like sorority girl-type peoples. And mm-hmm. um, Etta was... And they played it up. Now, the, you got to remember, the con- what we consider politically correct now... Is totally offensive, or what they considered fine was totally Still offensive. Considered totally offensive now, but um, Etta Candy was. Um, there's no delicate way to say it. She was fat, 
always eating. Mm-hmm. Um, they played she, it up that she was not attractive, attractive and yeah. all these things, but she was always basically Wonder Woman's sidekick. Psychic, yeah, <laughs> at that point. she was basically at that point. I think before Wonder Girl came out, that was basically her version of Robin. Exactly. Right, but, but the sad thing is, <laughs> to put it, if you guys were to see this now, you would think of her more as a Batmite. Like, why is this character here? She's supposed yeah. to just be annoying and no one cares. Um, I like how they portrayed her in the movies. Oh, yeah. It's much better in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, being Steve's secretary. Yeah. But, um, no, that was just a cool little feature, Ed, that, about um, just some of the things in the movie. And a lot of it, as she's talking about it, you're getting scenes that they're talking about in the movie. Mm-hmm. And as um, I said, um, there's another video on Yahoo, guys. They uh, give a little feature, a short feature. I kind of want to check that out. I'll mute it, mute it, man. I want to see that. Uh, but just talking about, I guess, what Wonder Woman is going to have to do in her, another, her next endeavor. Okay. Well, yeah, well, we know that um, if you buy the Blu-ray, it's not on the DVD, but if you right. buy the Blu-ray, Blu-ray and the digital, mm-hmm. there is an extended um, copy of it. It's only right. a couple of minutes, but it's that extra scene, scene. added in of yeah. that candy. So, good job. For, oh, wow, there it is. Ah, okay. Oh, someone already put it up. That mm-hmm. figures. Wait, turn ah, it off. <laughs> there we go. Wrong button. Just <laughs> turn it down more. Uh, but anyways, that's them, I think, in the bar scene. They went back to it after they got done with everything they were doing. It's like, let's just sit down and have a drink. And that's when she says, this is what's going to happen. But um, anything out of Wonder Woman, I got to get that DVD. I'm curious on what all the features are going to be on that Blu-ray. Exactly. It's going to be um, It's going to be awesome. It, They've already announced, like I said, we went through all the features that are going to be on it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a blast. And pretty much as soon as I Owls. get that Blu-ray, I'm going to be sitting there probably going through all the special features same as, first. Same as what happened with uh, Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. So, uh, But the next thing we had up on the... Um, uh, I, I have one more what? thing to say. Because of this Blu-ray feature, you've seen the tone they were doing in the Batman vs. Superman features? How they were setting up the whole world? Mm-hmm. You think they're still going to be doing something like that in... Uh, one only thing is going to be focused more on what I they think it's going to be focused more. It's going to be focused the same way they've been focusing everything else with Wonder Woman mm-hmm. on how it's awesome to get this woman um, that's so powerful involved in the um, stories and stuff, and getting actually getting this movie made. Yeah, uh, this will be a, it'll be a good time once we come from work. May just sit down and watch it. Exactly. Uh, the next thing up is actually we're back to the Justice League Dark movie. Yeah, it is still moving forward. <laughs> you know, this is something I'm so happy that Warner Brothers is trying to push on because for years it was sitting in movie limbo. Yeah, this is up and down and up and down and up and down yeah, on this movie. But now they're it's still up and down, but they're pushing forward this mm-hmm. time. Uh, well, Warner Brothers uh, brought uh, uh, what was that uh, Jared uh, Johnstone to be the latest polish on the script for Justice League Dark. Despite several changes, the director's chair Warner Brothers is still debate. Still determined to make a film based on some of their lesser-known magical characters. The latest shakeup of the team comes from aftermath of Doug Liam's uh, departure as director. Uh, with Liam out of the picture, Warner Brothers has targeted one of their lower-profile uh, directors to take tass- the tackle of uh, Just League Dark, including the director from Impending It remake that's coming out, Andy uh, Masakiti. Is that how I'm uh, saying that? Machete. Machete. The search was uh, apparently underwhelming for the results of Warner Brothers' order to rewrite of the script based on one of the uh, based on a Doctor Strange, John uh, Spates. Yeah, based on um, yeah, they're looking to uh, the last script they had was underwhelming, resulted in them ordering a rewrite by John Spates. Yeah, who I guess did Doctor Strange, and that didn't uh, that well. You guys know, and then there's the one now being done by Gerard Johnson, right? And even though uh, uh, Johnstone um, has only been hired to polish up the script at some point, it sounds like they are 
or it sounds like as uh, tough as he will do and based on the uh, well, he based on changes he's made, sorry, uh, with some of them being rather unknown for director, Warner Bros. would look at a, a grant from him to be a big feature if this script turns out good as they hope, plus with him already meeting with the studio for the job to begin with, getting a trial period with reworking the script on for himself. The visions of the showing handle how the project will um, ultimately be led to Johnstone finding himself in director's chair at some point. So hopefully um, this all goes good. Also, they said uh, he could simply just polish up the script for WB, but someone else to direct. If that is the case, the names they have looked for recently um, are not ones that will draw a crowd based on this just alone. Should Johnstone... uh, remain in the interest of directing the feature at least for the script to complete he could be one of the biggest parts of the uh, person they're looking for in the director so um, right now he is just polishing up the script and to be honest with you guys as the way this has been going they might even redo this script if they do find another director yeah. I really don't know uh, what's going to happen at the end, but for right now, this is the trial period we're going through for well, finding a new writer. Some of what they're looking at, uh, from the rumors we're getting coming out of this movie, is it looks like we're um, they're looking to do a um, horror superhero movie. Mm-hmm. But, but then again, that's the, these characters lend themselves to a to, horror-style exactly. movie. Exactly. If we've watched the Justice League Dark animated film, that was a mm-hmm. horror-based DC animated movie. Exactly. And not, just because it's based in the horror realms doesn't mean it's got to be super scary. No, 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 no. I mean, yeah, it's going to be creepy and stuff, right. but it has to be. Working with magic, working with Constantine. Um, look at the Constantine movie. Technically, was that was thinking. in a horror, horror ge- genre, yeah. even though it really wasn't a scary movie and no, it wasn't just... a well-made movie by most people. I enjoyed it, but I didn't know the character of Constantine at that point. Mm-hmm. At, point, at that point, I didn't know either. That's what really got me into liking Constantine, so I'm exactly. glad they did make a film for me to int- get introduced to the character. That actually is um, one of the point, a good point, though, that um, DC has not always made good movies, obviously. No, no. Um, you have a track you record. At, like Catwoman. Is, yeah. uh, one the, the Catwoman and Steel in the 90s are the premier... Um, superhero movies that should never be named. I'll, I'll put it like this. Me and Liv watched the steal uh, clips from it on YouTube. We were just laughing mm-hmm. like, this was a movie. Well, two of the other big would be considered bombs would probably have been like Constantine mm-hmm. and um, Green Lantern. I don't, I don't think Constantine was now, a bomb. Constantine just wasn't a good interpretation not great of him. interpretations of the yeah. characters. But every one of those it gave people something. a great um, a great. Stepping on point for people to learn about these characters. Just like the Swamp Thing film back in the 80s, right? Film. There was like three or four of those plus a <laughs> TV series that went like five seasons. Yeah. The movie was the only one Swamp I've seen. Swamp Thing was amazing. Series. Yeah. <laughs> but see, it was all these different um, iterations of the characters we saw on the small screen or on the big screen. And it caught fans' attention. And now if they're going to do another one with the new technology we have in new modern day... Why not just bring everything fans love, but make it more like the comic books and put it on the big screen? Exactly. Because uh, me personally, I can't wait to see Etrigan on the big screen. Oh, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, and we're actually going to talk about Etrigan here in a little bit. Uh, also, I do feel sorry for the actress who will ever play Zantana. She's going to have to uh, read her script backwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Learn how to pronounce words backwards. Mm-hmm. That's going to be, I think, the hardest task. I think rhyming is even better for Etrigan. Uh, and that's actually interesting. i got to talk about that when we get to the book later. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Did you, you noticed that too, huh? Yeah. 
Um, well, this is another thing Ken brought. Yeah, the to next my one attention. I found the, uh, earlier this week, and it's kind of this, funny. This is funny and stupid. Just it's stupid for the reason why they're being sued. Because it's kind of like that's like me suing you for being alive. It's like, wait a minute, didn't you? Were you born before me? So yeah, well, it doesn't make sense. What we're talking about is Hasbro mm-hmm. is actually suing DC Comics over the Bumblebee trademark. Yeah, and it's because um, everybody knows from Hasbro, Bumblebee the Transformer. Everybody oh, yeah, knows that. Everybody character. knows that uh, yellow well, car. Also, um, the character of Bumblebee in DC Comics has been around since 1977. The um, Bumblebee Transformer has been around since 1983. Mm-hmm. But specifically what um, Hasbro is complaining about is the new uh, DC Superhero Girls line of toys with the Bumblebee um, doll, or right. the toy or that's toy. out. doll. And Hasbro is complaining that people may get confused. Bigger. Um, between the and think that the Bumblebee toy from Superhero Girls is a Hasbro toy. All I'm gonna say is whoever started this up was just an idiot because they didn't look at anything. <laughs> this was a straight marketing person or a legal person <laughs> said, "Hey, wait a minute, we can't have the same name out there." But it's like this name has been out for I don't know fifty years. Yeah, this is a character that's been out for many, 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 many moons. Yeah, so I don't. But, um, this, 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 they can't really sue somebody over something that they. Well, they can because it's in court. Can they? Um, no, they can go to court, but I doubt they're going to win. I don't know. It seems as though the topic of who owns the right to the, to make Bumblebee named toys will be will be settled in a court of law if Warner Brothers and Hasbro can't come to an agreement. Hasbro has filed a lawsuit against Warner Brothers and DC Comics alleging a trademark violation over the use of the name Bumblebee. Hasbro has filed a complaint in court alleging that Warner Brothers and DC Comics is in violation of their of their trademark by using the name Bumblebee in an upcoming line of toys. Hasbro owns the rights to the Transformers property, mm-hmm. which includes all toys relating to the character Bumblebee, mm-hmm. one of the popular characters from that franchise. The character was created in 1983 right, and is so popular that he will be getting his own spinoff movie expected to be released around Christmas 2018, which Starring I don't know. John Cena. I don't know if I would... Uh, me personally, I don't, I don't, I can't see Bumblebee being the main character of the story. I mean, he has be, been in the Transformers yeah. movies, but for me personally, the way the trans—I I told you, I'm just gonna put it out there—I am not a fan of these Transformer movies. But the one character that caught my biggest attention in the Transformers uh, film series was Bumblebee. Yeah, I like Bumblebee. I love Chevys. I, I just love everything. See, about I like the original Bumblebee. Bumblebee better myself. But I'm an old any, school Transformers any, fan. Any, even the old cartoon, I just like Bumblebee. He yeah. was always like that little side character. It's like he's short, he's small, kind of like me. Exactly. But he had the heart to do things. So I personally will go see three Bumblebee So you were a fan movies. of Bumblebee, Cliff Jumper, all those little guys. Even uh, Hot Shot. I remember they Hot Shot, a, I don't remember that this, one. This came out like 2004, 2003. Anybody out there remembers watching Toonami after school? They had a new Transformers series, and they basically made Bumblebee, but he was Hot Shot. Sa- same character, basically. They okay. just gave him a different name. I loved him. Um and my nickname with having yellow in it, I just I just like Bumblebee. So okay. if there was a film series about Bumblebee instead of the rest of the characters, I'm cool with that for me. Well, it says the character of Bumblebee in the DC Comics universe was created around 1977. Exactly. And is generally portrayed as a teenage girl or woman mm-hmm. um, with the power to shrink and in some story arcs can fire energy blast. Mm-hmm. In the new Titans, she's actually in the new um, regular Titans story. Yes. Um, the adult Bumblebee's in there, mm-hmm. and she can actually fire the energy, energy blast, blast and shrink. Like She's basically the DC Wasp. Comics version of Wasp. Yeah. Now, see, the, now this is where I was going to go into. Now, if 
if they do successfully sue DC Comics and Warner Brothers for the trademark of the toys, I would love to see how deep they just opened a door for them to get sued by DC for using a character they already had created. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just think it's this stupid. Is just gonna, yeah, well, it says one version of the character was recently redesigned to appear <laughs> alongside the teenage versions of other characters, such as Wonder Woman, Batgirl, and Harley Quinn in DC Superhero Girls. That's specifically the toy they're talking about, is the Superhero Girls the version of version. Um, so, Bumblebee. So they just want that toy taken down. And speaking of Transformers, by the way, I am wearing a... Uh, yeah, you're wearing your Transformers hat. Yeah, so... <laughs> well, so Autobots... DC is working with Mattel and even Lego to bring a series of toys mm-hmm. and sets to retail, which include their version of Bumblebee. So Hasbro believes that um, it will infringe on their rights to produce toys with their Transformers version of the character. Hasbro acquired actually requ- acquired the trademark to make Bumblebee tro- toys only recently, as of December 22nd, 2015. They had never trademarked Bumblebee before that. Wait, who hasn't trademarked? Hasbro. They, well, no, they they go all the way back to the early 80s, but they they never <laughs> trademarked it. And that's why I probably... Oh, God. See, this is... Uh, I'm going to text my cousin and tell her buy all the Bumblebee toys you can find. <laughs> and so before all this happens well, and it gets taken down from shelves. They do have the official wording for the um, lawsuit here. It says, the defendants and or their licensees uh, use of the accused mark. So it's basically um, DC and Warner Brothers use of the Bumblebee trademark is likely to cause consumers mistakenly to believe that the Bumblebee trademark um, emanate from or are otherwise associated with Hasbro, the suit alleges. Such improper use of the accused mark by defendants and or their licensees is likely to cause confusion, mistake, and or deception among the public as to the source of the accused goods. Now, the way I'm looking at this is I still go back to the old P.T. Barnum any news is good. Is any good. Pr- publicity or press is good press? press? Yeah. So if people get confused, and um, the the way I see it is, people may how many um, people parents that don't know what they know what's going on mm-hmm. go their kid says, "Hey, I want Bumblebee." So they go and they buy them the Transformer Bumblebee, thinking right. that it's the to- <laughs> the girl's toy, toy, and that, vice versa. Mishap. People are gonna buy them either way. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you were me and my mother, she always would just give me both. Yeah. <laughs> I was a single child. She's like, I don't know which one you're talking about, so here you go. Um, no, but I see the way I'm looking at this is, I, I don't know, like I said, I think DC may be getting bit back in the butt again. Because you got to remember, how many times have they tried to sue other companies or people for using things like theirs as Shazam Superman, Captain Marvel Superman. Um, I told you before, uh, the singer Rihanna, she wanted to use her real uh, birth name, Robin. It was even spelled different, but they didn't want her using that stage name, Robin, because they thought they might get pe- people get her mixed up. I with can't, I can't understand how that Robin. would actually um, work. Uh, that would actually work. So, I, like I said, they didn't want anybody getting that mixed up. We, <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Maybe this is the karma coming back at DC Comics, but possibly I really doubt that this is going to hurt them. Yeah, we'll have to keep, keep an eye on yeah, this because we'll, this we'll is, keep you guys updated. Because this is just something kind of inter- that This up, is interesting. That's in the huh. Type news. Yeah. <laughs> the weird, we should start a new uh, article for this. The, huh? Yeah. So um, the other one is, this one you actually put on here today, the, Latin, the next two. So um, yeah, and now, one of them, I recognize both these actors. One of them you're all excited about. because yeah, you can't see them. And my dog's upset about something upstairs. 
So, well, <laughs> she's upset about the news. She does. She thinks it's stupid too. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, guys. Now this comes from uh, the hashtag show. I have no idea what they're about, but they are called the hashtag show. Um, Cena and now this is uh, a couple of actors. One we know is a WWE wrestler, John Cena, and the other one you know you know about him. I have no idea. Never heard of this guy, but he played in Gavlin. As a TV series. Gallivant. Gallivant. And his name is uh, Joshua Seish. And then WWE star John Cena is also an actor as well. And he, uh, both of them have played in other movies and other film credits. But after they uh, got their director from Annabelle Creation, David F. Sandberg, they are now looking for actors to take the seat. Uh, current fortunes... Uh, Current frontrunners for the star of Shazam after an unidentified third candidate has fell back into Dark's chair. And now he they're only the two uh, lead actors right now. The movie producer's creative team, both Cena and Sace, are well-sizzled uh, actors who have um, demonstrated their knack for comedy and of late in their work with Amy uh, Schumer in Comedy Trainwreck and then the TV series Gallivant, uh, respectively, and Red... Uh, as being solid picks for related reasons. Uh, also, I had an idea here. Now, I have no idea what the other actor, uh, Chase, have done, but I do think that John Cena would be a good pick, or somebody like John Cena would be a good pick, because if Dwayne The Rock Johnson is going to be playing Black Adam, uh, I know they have the CGI, they can make anybody whatever size they want to, but that's going to be a lot more money. Instead of spending money to make somebody look big, how about you get somebody that does look the part for it? Yeah, actually, John Cena looks the part if you need someone to take down uh, uh, Black Adam. Yeah. Well, the one thing I'm seeing, though, is that may be one of the reasons they don't go with John Cena, because then in the the uh, in the next movie, or possibly the one after that, if the, he does face off against Black Adam, all of a sudden... You've got two wrestlers that have wrestled each other mm-hmm. and had it on the big movie screen. rivalry in exactly, wrestling. and people there's going to be a lot of people that won't be able to um, separate this from WWE or comic books. Mm-hmm. It's just going to look like a WWE on the big screen, right? And it may be WWE on the big screen, but I don't think that could be a bad idea. This could no, also John make- Cena has actually been making a um, oh, yeah. pretty good name for himself in Hollywood, just working little bit parts here and there. People are really impressed with what he's been doing. And I will say, now this doesn't go for a lot of um, wrestlers, but the ones they do put up front and the ones that ha- do have a mic in their hand, most of them know how to speak on the mic, meaning they have charisma. Exactly. So you give them a script and give them some lines, they can just run with it and make it their own. That's why Rock, I think, is doing so good in Hollywood. And if uh, John Cena, I think, wants to take the role, there has been so many fans online saying he would be a good pick for Shazam. So yeah. um, I'm okay with that. Like I said, I don't know anything about the Gallivant actor. Um, you do. Gallivant was actually a very interesting show on ABC. And it went two seasons. It was basically a musical comedy. Mm-hmm. Half-hour musical comedy about uh, um, a medieval knight trying to um, in his adventures. Let me actually Google this man because I like I said I have no idea about this guy, but these are reports. Now these are as I said from the hashtag show, so this could be false news made up. We have no idea. They couldn't even be looking at these guys. This could be a fan's theory, and they got it confused with real news. I don't know, but if this is real, I am okay with John Cena being Shazam. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Like I said, the only thing that they might have against it is the fact that um, you have two wrestlers from the same company, mm-hmm. and, and um, if nothing else. If that does happen, Vince McMahon's going to make a whole lot of money. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely make a lot because of Because you know they'll have um, The Rock come in to promote it. Cena will be there promoting it. Mm-hmm. And they'll do something with getting the two of them together. So well, that he can actually put a wrestling match together of Shazam versus Black Adam. But all I'm going to say is when the movie um, Shazam will be coming out. I, I'm i not even that, sure. I think next late? year, or, um, 2019? Well, early 2019? Case, here's another reason for saying uh, this may be all just rumor. John Cena is working on Bumblebee. Yeah. So I doubt... Well, it depends on when they're going to film Shazam. I think Shazam is supposed to start either real late this year or early next year. We'll see. He might be able to balance his schedule out. Yeah. So So. we we don't know. But we will keep reporting you guys all the news about Shazam and anything related. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, we did have a little bit of comic book news also. This was another one you put in real late today, um, right before uh, we got to recording time. And this one's Batman reads Rorschach's journal Mm -hmm. from The Watchmen in the Doomsday Clock teaser artwork if you're reading this whether i am alive or dead you will know the truth now that was from rorschach if anybody remembers from the um the book the 12 issue miniseries or uh the movie this was what rorschach quoted when he told the truth of everything that the watchmen were doing uh and he wanted everyone in the society to know that they did lie to them all the uh, propaganda and everything that happened and to be honest with you Rorschach and Batman were very similar to me yeah Uh, he had a lot of similarities from Batman the question the spirit and there was another character Shadow is that is that who else he had possibly but um he was just one of those um characters didn't have really any powers but he was like a detective and he had the will to fight no matter what and get himself into a lot of trouble and he was a little crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, this is all made from uh, Jeff Johns, and uh, DC is promising some news from the Doomsday Clock from writer Jeff Johns taking a prominent role at New York Comic Con. This happened uh, in October. Jo- uh, happened in October. Johns will take the stage at DC's Doomsday Clock panel on Friday, October 6th, 6 p.m. Central. Um, um, he will reveal more about what's coming up from the major Warner Brothers and Watchmen crossover. Okay. Well, yeah, we're ex- I'm expecting a lot to come out of New York Comic Con. Oh, yeah. Because um, New York Comic Con is always a, fun. Well, yeah. Well, there's also there's a lot of stuff coming from DC in November. Mm-hmm. And Comic Cons, gonna, they're going to roll out a lot of details about this type of stuff. So, um, yeah, I remember there was, there was a lot of stuff coming out back even in the day when I was younger, seeing some stuff in magazines. It was mm-hmm. like, oh. Don't really know about Comic Con. Hope I can go there one day before it became so big to me. Now, yeah, yeah, they and their toys. Oh, their toys were amazing. <laughs> but anyways, um, that's uh, more about the Doomsday Clock. I can't wait for this thing to come out. This is going to be groundbreaking. Exactly. It, it, how many? What has it been? Thirty years since fans were hoping, I think, to see the Watchmen uh, crossover to regular something DC like console. that. Yeah. Well, actually, and then there's the other half of fans that don't want to, never wanted to see the Watchmen cross into DC. True. Um. Like I said, I I always thought it would be a cool idea. You don't got to have them in there forever, but it'd be fun to see a little mini-series run, just like this. We don't need any more. Yeah. So uh, that actually gets most of the news. Uh, There are a couple of books that we're going to do reviews on, but really the... The important parts of them are just at the very end of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, this was a, um, this, this week wasn't, wasn't a big huge. week for. Books. I mean, it had some huge stuff happen, but not super huge. No, it wasn't um, um, rebirth huge. Yeah, well, uh, well one, one of them, kind of action number eight um, nine eighty six um, was basically the I believe it was the second half of the only human story with. Lex Luthor facing off against Superman. Mm-hmm. Now, um, in this, you find it, it's um, what was the name of the villain in this? The Machinist has taken control of Luthor and his armor, and uh, they're fighting against Superman. There's nothing. Um, I mean, they fight back and forth. Superman finally figures out how to defeat Lu- Luthor's suit, 
And uh, you find out that in this, um, Superman actually does is starting to slowly trust Luthor mm-hmm, yes. as much as he can. And then uh, and once they're done, they're trying to figure out everything that's going on. But the very, what happens at the very end of this is the real important part because Luthor is trying to figure out what happened to his suit, why did this happen, and um, someone interrupts him in his lab. And you see Mr. Oz. Mm-hmm. Now, was that Mr. Oz in the suit? No, not in the when in the suit. You right mean here. the machinist? No, yeah, I the machinist know. is not Mr. Okay. Oz. Because you seen the you seen the Z on the guy that had a tattoo by him, right? Yeah. Okay, I was just curious at that. So, might have been um, too. but Mr. Oz comes in, blanks all of Luther's computers, mm-hmm. and um, Luther goes to shoot him, and Mr. Oz just spits, spins the bean back to um, disable the suit, knocks down Luther totally, and um, tells him, you know what? Um, do you want to know the truth, Lex? I'm afraid you won't like it very much. Yeah, even... Um, you are not him, talking yeah. about Superman. You are not Superman. And he says you will Leave never him. be Superman. Even if you try to do good, you can not escape the base of your race. Just who you are, no matter how hard you try. Crawling almost... Uh, what does that say? Uh, crawling admits the, um, all of you. The only human... You are only human. That's all you will ever be is just human. And soon you will all be gone. So this is basically letting Lex Luthor know no matter how hard he tries to even be like Superman, even how much he tries to fight Superman, Mm -hmm. his race is coming to an end. Our human race is coming to an end. According to Mr. Oz. And then we find out at the end of this, you see Lex looking down at his S-shield that fell off of it, that's off of his suit, but that's been basically burned across. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, then you get to the end, Mr. Oz, is, um, the true identity revealed next issue. Now, when I read that, I didn't know if uh, Lex was able to figure out who he was from saying all that, or he's just in the state of shock, and we will find out just in the next issue who Oz really is. But from I don't know. Face, we'll find says, out. Oh, my God. I'm like... Maybe he's he now know? figured out who Mr. Oz yeah, is. Yeah, because Lex isn't a dumb guy. He he can figure out things pretty good. Yeah. Um, well, the, and Superman even said in here that, that how um, Lex is the one of the smartest men on the planet. Um, also, I love how Mr. Oz is doubting Lex. Now, what have we all learned, superhero friends, of what happens when someone tries to attack the human race? Superman stops him. Not just Superman stops him. Who else stops him? Everybody tries to stop the him. The human I mean, race stops him. Well, yeah. So I love how I really think Lex Luthor may play a big part in taking down Mr. Oz along with Superman. I don't know. Plus, after I'm threatening him, that's mm-hmm. just my little speculation. But that's really the biggest thing that came out of action comic books. Um, and actually, the other one I was going to do here doesn't have what I was expecting in it. Mm. Other than the fact Detective Comics 963 yeah, this week... I read week that. I was trying to figure out what's a, the big Yeah, part. The, the end of it wasn't what I thought it was. But mm, okay. in the beginning of the book, um, you actually get a flashback to Tim Drake and um, Stephanie Spoiler. Brown yeah. before Tim disappears. Now, and we I, know in two issues after this, yeah. this is 963 and 965, we have Tim, Tim Drake, Drake back, back starting the new storyline. So... I'm thinking possibly the end of next book is when we'll get Tim Drake actually show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by the end of it, like we saw Oz in this one. We'll find out actually in the previews. True, true. We to will. This week, because we'll have Detective in the previews this week. But it was basically a um, spoiler and anarchy story. So anarchy's back in the universe, and they're basically in Monsterland in Gotham City. Yeah. So, and anarchy is showing him starting his new civilization, or civilization and it's not... What we expect from anarchy, for us, you think of anarchy, you think of chaos. Well, that's right. not what he's trying to do, according to this. 
Um, so, um, but then we had another. Which one did you want to go on next? We had a we couple had, we wanted dib and dab in. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to talk? And um, we had uh, Titans a little bit. Well, Titans was interesting. I want to talk a little, we had, just slightly about that. We had Tempest in the end of it, right? And we got to see a well. He becomes Aqualad finally. Yes, Tempest actually gives um, oh Jackson Jackson the name Aqualad at the end of this mm-hmm. after uh, they beat Black Manta. Yeah, and also uh, we got to see him. Actually, seeing he he knew what his dad was. He saw what his dad was for him, but Mm -hmm. he didn't try to go back and save him. His dad had that ring they were looking for, and he picked it up and let it go. Exactly. Um, And all we find out, we go back, go back to that, and real quick, did that say something about metal? Yes. The next issue for Titans is number twelve, and it's the metal tie-in. Mm-hmm. And now that's what's going to be next for Titans, and it's like they're eyeing Beast Boy. So I'm very curious on what big role Beast Boy is going to have in this Dark Knight metal story arc. Uh, that's going to be very interesting. Um, next one we had. You want to do the Hal Jordan Green Lantern next? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go to this one. We're going to do a full review. Is Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number twenty-seven? And the reason we're going to do a full review is because this is not technically a metal tie-in. No, but Ken was right. Remember last week we were talking. You said, or two weeks ago we were talking, saying uh, how Hal Jordan had some metal in there. But could it be the same metal that we're dealing with with yeah. Dark Metal? Well, we do find out. We found out last week that in Dark Knight's metal, the metal they're talking about is the nth metal. Mm-hmm. And we will find in this book that they are also messing, we're looking with nth metal. Yep. So, from there, uh, we had like this Titan still trying to kill Orion. Orion, for some reason, we don't know yet, but he has something to do with the new guys, and now this uh, Titan's coming after him. And um, he's trying to tell the Green Lantern Corps, look, I this is... um." New God's problem, not your problem. Kyle is uh, trying to uh, protect Orion while Hal is battling this Titan. All he's doing really at this point is just pissing the thing off and um, yeah. <laughs> agitating, and he's still coming for them. But they begin to find out that the only way they can really stop this Titan is until Orion is dead. Exactly. It's basically honed in on his heartbeat. If his right. heart is beating anywhere in the entire multiverse, this thing will find him. And that's why when Darkseid... Well, assuming it was Darkseid that shot his Omega Beams at Orion through a boom... No, no, no. It was this. This actually... Because it's uh, preparing the Omega Weapon through this whole thing. This is thing that, has Omega Beams also. So, oh, okay. I, I was a little lost there. Okay. Well, when he shot him in space... He was going was to this. come back. And they were like, oh, well, he's hurt. Let's fix him up. Yeah, the, this, doctor ti- this, Titan's, up. Um, this Titan's whole purpose right now is to kill Orion. And once the doctor and we find out later up, why that is also. Right. And once the doctor uh, patched him up, uh, he was saying, "I was the thing stopped coming for me until that doctor over there patched me up. And then um, it came back from my heart started ticking again. And um, this is where he says, you know what you got to do to uh, let this thing go so he stops terrorizing the city? Stop my heart. Exactly. So the doctor says, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> and then Kyle says... Well, Man. reluctantly, once he says he'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a tool they're missing because of their destruction. But then uh, Kyle looks at this and he's thinking to himself, wait a minute, I can well, construct this. what it is is the doctor has theoretically has, can figure out how knows a way to stop uh, Orion's heart. heart. He's created a device that will actually... Um, he calls it an artificial blood circulation engine. It's basically an artificial heart, but it's adaptable for any life form. That's the whole point of this, because on Earth here, we already have artificial hearts. Mm-hmm. They have blood circulation machines that they use in surgery. Like, if they're doing open-heart surgery okay, on you, they reroute your blood so it's not going through the heart. Right. It's going through this machine that'll pump it for you. So, uh, But th- this guy has created a uh, machine, or theoretically, theoretically, has the plans on how to build a machine that would actually do it for any life form. But- the fun thing is that um, they don't have a mechanic or an engineer to build this thing. But we do have an artist. 
<laughs> That's right. We do have Kyle, and Kyle's thing it, saying to himself, I can make this. And then, Who did the artwork for this issue? Because this is a new no, one. Yeah, know, Sandoval. Right? Raffle Sandoval did it. And tell Kyle's me it doesn't look like Kyle's different. got... Slick Kyle's hair is all slicked back. <laughs> you just put some water or gel in and said, Shoop. Yeah, he gelled that way down. <laughs> I was lost with that, too. I'm glad I wasn't the only one that picked up on that. But um, the Orion asked him, you a doctor kid? And he says, no, I'm an artist. He's like, well, I guess that's going to have to work for right now. Yeah. So Orion well, says, Orion tells him straight up, you know what? If this doesn't work, I'm done anyway, so go ahead. Yeah, so he stabs <laughs> and he stabs himself, himself in the, the heart. heart. <laughs> Um, and as this is happening, we see the uh, surgery, I guess, start to happen. Yeah, and what it is is the doctor basically, uh, as soon as he does that, is like he didn't even give Kyle a chance to say yes or no. He says, "Okay, it's done." Boop. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Titan goes. So, back Ky- to well, where- Kyle uses his ring to build this engine, right? And and is basically standing over um, Orion, pumping the blood for him as the doctor removes Orion's heart. And as soon as he does, the um, as soon as that heart stops, all of a sudden, the Titan that's destroying the city says, Oh, wait, status of new god, designation Orion, deceased. Culling completed. Rerouting to new objective. He opens a boom tube and is gone. And then, then I love how Hal, Hal is just like, I was just starting to get loose, man. Don't leave. Yeah. The fight's not over yet. <laughs> and the doctor's loving it. Hey, my engine works. It, I can do this. Yeah, he has faith in himself. Um, well, uh, they, after all this is over, they go back to Sector Zero. and They uh, take the Doctor and uh, Orion with them, and Orion is still getting his heart pumped by um, Kyle. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're all like, what happened? Uh, John and uh, and Guy in the other Lantern, we st- I still don't know his name. I've not caught his name either. Uh, but the Psychic Lantern, I'll call him that. Uh, they're like, what happened? He looks dead to me. He's like, don't worry, he's not dead. We just had to uh, get the Titan away by faking his death. He's like, fake? He looks pretty dead to me. His heart's off his chest. Yes. Um, and this is where Doctor is uh, telling them that he'll be fine. They created an engine um, that's keeping mm-hmm. his heart. But they need to find out all everything they can about these Titans and mm-hmm. figure out what they are. Because this is just new God business. Mm-hmm. So John sends um, sends um, Guy to find uh, someone by the name of Tulobe. And here it's actually one of the Yellow Lanterns have con- that are converted to green. Just in time. And what it is is he's a... Um, Psychic. He's a psychic and a telepath who um, specializes in memories. And um, what he used to, I guess when he was a Yellow Lantern, he would actually, uh, he's a telepath. Uh, in the Sinestro Corps, he used his abilities to implant crime victims, um, yeah, implant crime victims' thoughts and experiences into their assailants' minds. That way, um, it would scare remorse into them, according to this. Fear. So now he needs the opposite. He needs the, this guy to pull memories out instead of implanting them. Which he should be able to do just because it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. Well, he says extraction is um, acutely different, difficult. If the target's memory or mind offers too much resistance, my attempts to transfer will be blocked. And um, John tells him straight up, you won't get much resistance from him, not in this state. He's basically in a coma. And he says, so what are they going to look for? They look for the word Gollum. Yeah, Dark Knight. So, as he's going through the memories, they find this is the actual story of these golems. Um, That's Steppenwolf, right? Where? That looks like Steppenwolf, yes. It says, Yukon was... Now, this goes back before Highfather and Darkseid, mm-hmm. the, and the new gods. Yukon was the ruler of the old gods. Right, and I was going to say Steppenwolf, if that is him, I'm pretty sure it is. No, I think that's Yukon. Oh, that's Yukon, okay. 
Ah, but what were you saying about Steppenwolf? I would say he is Darkseid's uncle, so it would make more sense if he was alive and doing all this before yeah. all this uh, war went on between the two. What Steppenwolf is Darkseid's father or uncle? uncle? Yeah, I thought okay. Well, at least they used. Well, then the that piece. may actually have to do with this. Once you go reading through this, yeah, let me look this up as you. It says um, Yukon was a tyrant of unspeakable evil. He feared only one thing: that his progeny would one day rise up to unseat him from his own throne. It was long rumored that he crafted um, Eschaton soldiers to murder his heirs uh, should they ever attempt to claim their birthright. Yukon's fears proved true, and his heirs did indeed overthrow him and imprison him within the source wall. Hmm, okay. His army, if it ever existed, was lost to memory. And yet, Yukon's army stands revealed, enormous golems made of one of the universe's most powerful substances, the nth metal. Here's your um, connection to the, the Dark, Dark, Knight metal. Dark Knight's Metal. Now, the golems have awakened for for per- reasons mysterious, and eons, um, for reasons mysterious, and eons of slumber did not dull their programming. Now, I'm thinking we do know why they've awakened. Because of the events of Dark Knight Dark Metal, metal. they're actually, the metal is calling out to the metal and uh, awakening basically the, what it is. Right. We saw that in Dark Knight's Metal number one. They were talking about the Metal Awakening. Now, um, unfailing in their du- fealty to their creator, they have set about uh, their singular purpose. They will destroy all in their path until the progeny of Yuga Khan are dead. Not even the armies of New Genesis can stand against them. High Father, the son of Yuga Khan and lord of the New Gods, dispatched his son Orion to find help from those who had aided New Genesis before, um, once before the Green Lantern Corps. And that is Yuga Khan. That is not Steppenwolf. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, I'm wondering, because Highfather is one of the new gods. His father was an old, wasn't the old gods. Mm-hmm. Is Darkseid actually related to Highfather somehow? Possibly. I wouldn't put that past them. It would not be surprising if they were possibly brothers. We'll find out soon, because there's a lot mm-hmm. of new gods that, stuff going on right now. Deep. Well, there's a lot of new gods. Well, that... That's a mythology thing. Way back, to Earth mythology is like that. Uh, look at um, Zeus, king of the gods, but he had bro- a couple of brothers. Mm-hmm. Poseidon was one of his brothers. Hades was his brother. Right. In the but um, so they find out what in the what happened here and why this golem's coming after um, basically all the new gods. Actually, he he is related to Highfather somehow. Yeah. Darkseid because, um, think of it. Orion is the son of Darkseid. And this thing is looking for the um, basically the heirs to Yukon. That means Orion is related to Yukon. And well, this is what it says: Yukon, uh, by far, is one of the most powerful and featured uh, feared new gods. Um, he is also the first uh, tyrannical ruler of the hellish planet Apocalypse, and the father of both Drax, who would become the Infinity Man, and uh, Yukis, uh, who would become Darkseid. So, is and then this, this here says, yeah, that means Darkseid and Highfather maybe bro- or looks like they're brothers. Yeah. Okay. Well. Like I said, because Darkseid yeah, would have is, to no, be. No, this is Darkseid's father. Okay. Because uh, Darkseid would have to be related to him because Orion was being chased down by these things. And this was how many centuries ago? How old is Darkseid? Well, actually, <laughs> for next week, we're doing the Darkseid um, comic and or probably, um, special, and it'll probably tell us a little bit about that, hopefully. And that's probably why I did this, because the DC is not stupid. They always and line This is all lining together right for now. For some reason, they do so, that. Um, but, so after hearing that, John says, you know what? We need to find Highfather. So um, 
what's Tulobe actually goes in looking for Light or High Father, and the only thing he can find is one word. It says Light Ray, and, and he has no idea what Ray. that is. Well, the guy he doesn't know, know what it is. He do. said it's one word. We have no. He has no idea what it is. John says I know exactly what that is. That's a person. Uh huh. Um, now it's like we got to send the core out basically to find Light Ray and find out what's going on. Now, um. Hal, um, John Stewart, after all this, steps out of the room, and Hal's like, wait a minute, something's wrong here. So he says, okay, John, what are you thinking? And John says straight up, the new gods, every time we cross paths with them. Every time. And then you see um, this giant, basically, time bomb ticking down, and a planet explodes. And actually, that looks like Apocalypse. Yeah. That's because either they just did, or within the next week or two, they're finally releasing the Justice League Dark Side War trade. Mm, okay. All this, as they're talking about all these new gods right now. Okay. So that's going to be interesting. Um, but he, John says something bad happens every time. Um, so Hal asks him, what's the next move? He says, um, we won't let New Genesis fall. It's it's the front line holding the armies of Apocalypse in check. If it, go, if it goes, so goes everything. Someone has to get to Light Ray and High Father before the golems um, do. So um, so Hal, or John says straight up, um, you took a lot of hits today. Are you good? Hal, or Hal tells him straight up, um, an aerial chase to catch a god of speed with the survival of the multiverse riding on the outcome. Oh, all systems are go. He's ready to go for this. So the, the next issue is called Space Race, but it looks like basically the Green Lantern Corps hey. is going to answer the call of High Father to help out New Genesis. Hey, Ken, I think I'm missing a page there. What were you missing? Oh, no, That's the end go. of it right there. Okay, there we go. That's weird. Okay. Never mind. So, um, that's, uh, and the next one doesn't fit into this, but the next book we're doing, what'd you do? Get stuff on the back of it? I didn't think that was on there, but I guess I did. Um, that's oh. the end of Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Look, like I said, it looks like they're going to tie in directly with all everything that's going on with the New Gods right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was and Jack Metal Kirby creation. And everything, yes. And we're actually getting into another Jack Kirby creation with Manhunter Special number one. Plus, this one is done by um, a demons, demons adventure. Huh? Plus yes. Well, there's an Edrigan story in here and a couple of other classic um, Jack Kirby stories. But um, this is the Manhunter special number one. This was um, the story and layouts done by Keith Giffen. Art is done by Mark Buckingham. Words and basically all this the um, script was written by Dan DiDio. So uh, now that's a different manhunter than what I'm used to. And the to. fun thing is, if you look at the the cover, the cover mm-hmm. done by Bruce Tim and Steve Buccellato. Hmm. So okay. Bruce Tim did the cover of this. Okay. Now you start off with Manhunter, and he actually looks like the Green the Hunt Lantern Man- Manhunter. Did you ever look that up to find out uh, where it come from? No, where the origin of the Manhunters was? Let's see. Probably because it had to been here, inspired by like. this. Because he looks like the Manhunters. And you find out this is a story that takes place back in the 40s. And Manhunter is basically a big game hunter mm-hmm. who is no longer hunting game. He's taking his skills as a premium big game hunter from Africa and applying those to hunting men. Um, specifically evil men, basically. Yes. He's not just... Uh, take- See, the Manhunter I'm used to, they're like, hey... We're going to hunt down this guy, and we're going to take him just because. Well, the, remember, the Manhunter's logo or motto, wasn't it? No man escapes the Manhunters. Man yes. Well, that's basically what this guy is, but this is a human with a mask. But he looks like the Manhunters from the um, Lantern stories. Right, and that's the one I'm used to seeing. Um, now, here we go. Manhunter were first attempted at Guardians of the Universe, then planet yeah. security force across the universe. Later were... That's the Manhunters. 
I'm trying to find the movie. Um, you know what? Bring up the wiki. It'll probably say in there where the, where the creation there. Maybe. Or that, that'll be in-universe creation of it, Jack won't Kirby, it? Jack uh, Kirby, Manhunter, who fully appeared in Just League of America, issue number 140. Uh, Silver Age, Earth um, 1. Yeah, see, this is a this is a Golden Age character, so you got to go right. way back to the Golden Age. Go but it was um, Jack Kirby that created it, and he created the original Manhunter here. But basically, he's um, taking down a group of uh, mobsters, and as he and he's being thoroughly um, savage with them. Basically, you think Batman from the late '80s, early '90s, mm-hmm. and basically taking everybody down almost to the brink of where they're dead, but not quite. So. Um, he, and he's taking no prisoners, basically. He's not taking them all down. But um, then you get two guys hanging out on a rooftop watching this, and you find out it's um, Sandman and Sandy, which is his sidekick. sidekick. Yeah. And um, Sandman is looking at it as, you know what? Manhunter is going way too far into this. We can't, we can't let him hurt people like this. There's a difference between stopping a crime and hurting people. Exactly. So um, they confront him on this, and um, as Manhunter has taken everybody out and is waiting for the police, or um, knowing the police are going to come, so he takes off, or he's getting ready to take off, as Sandman and Sandy show up to stop him and talk to him. Uh, And let me see where we're at. Sorry, I was reading up on the Manhunter. No, no, you're fine. There's several Manhunters, by the way. Yeah. um, I forgot that there was another couple of them, and uh, it got redone in 1984. And uh, then there was another one, and the current Manhunter was a female. Okay. So. Oh, part of the Dark Stars. Okay. That's a team I need to read up on some, because I didn't really read a lot of Dark Stars back in the day. And there's these Manhunters, Mark Shaw, uh, Manhunter. They're, they're just a lot of Manhunters. So this one we're reading right now is the first Manhunter. Um, I think the idea of this Manhunter created the Manhunters, and after that they started going on another way, another design of creating a Manhunter. Uh, just one, so... The last one was Kate Spencer. Ramsey Robinson was another one. There was a Manhunter 2070. Uh, there was another uh, Manhunter. Uh, uh, Kirk D. Paul. Chase Lore. Uh, clone of Paul Kirk. <laughs> Mark Saw. There is a lot of different Manhunters. So this is just one of them. I'll let you yeah, well, this is the original Manhunter. Um, then it is Paul. Uh, who was that? Paul what? So Paul, Paul's actually a second one. The original one was Dan Richards. Okay. Paul Kirk is the second one. Ah, Okay. Well, that's the one that's here, and um, basically, uh, the Sandman basically stops Manhunter to tell him straight up, um, your extreme behavior has to stop. You can't be hurting people. Mm-hmm. And um, Sam or Manhunter's position is, I've got a better idea. You put your kid to bed, and um, we go grab a beer and talk about this. <laughs> and at, the, at that, Sandy actually gets all upset, upset and starts to goes to attack him. And Manhunter's like, oh, that's how cute. I thought I heard his um, voice crack a little bit. Um, our little boy is becoming a man. And Sandy basically attacks him. And Manhunter, with one swipe, knocks him across the room. You know, and Manhunter gets right back up. Uh-huh. And, and Sandman, that well, that's when Sandman knocks, a, um, knocks out Manhunter after, with Manhunter distracted by um, Sandy. And they basically go into the big fight. And it's basically talking about doing yeah. the discussing, or not discussing, but fighting over the issues of how much violence they're using. It's kind of like an like an episode, or heck, a lot, how many superhero teams or superhero uh, fights have we had? Because one of the heroes we like are too brutal. Uh-huh. Like, hey, well, it's just a like difference that. in ideology, basically. Yeah. And um, every time that he 
Manhunter does a kick and he tells him, I took down a wild boar with this kick. And he did this with this against different animals. And Sandman tells him straight up, maybe that's your problem. You see people the same, same way you way see animals. animals. Um, and then Sandy jumps on Manhunter and says straight up, I, I got I him. I got a sleeper hold on him. And Sandman, or, um, Manhunter Man does a front flip front. kinda and slams Sandy headfirst into the ground. Which, um, in the 40s, that actually works, and now people know what happens when you do you that. do that, yeah. Called MMA. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, as Manhunter's trying to get away, he says, as much as I'd like to compare um, two-tone costume color schemes, I've got more important things to do. He has more people to hunt. Does <laughs> he use the Manhunter? Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously Sandman thinks we're not done yet, so they're fighting back and forth still. Manhunter is... The um, usually pretty much has the upper, upper hand, hand on most yeah. of this because of the difference in rules. Um, where Sandman has rules that won't go over certain lines, Manhunter will, will go, go all, all the way, way to through. the extreme. Mm-hmm. And then this is what really leads uh, Sandman to pulling out a gun. Exactly. Well, it's it's his sleep gun, if I remember right. Yeah, but just from when Manhunter saw that, he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Now you all see the way he thinks. But um, they're fighting back and forth till they get to the rooftop. Um, and say they're still fighting and, um, Manhunter finally dives off the roof into the, um, water and it looks like Sandman has lost him because he never comes back up. He goes, he disappeared without a trace. Um, now th- this is cool because Sandy asked him straight up, yeah. go ahead. Sandy asked him, uh, should we, uh, go after him or call something and we can... No, no, no. You see what that is? You should give the society a call. You know what that is, right? Justice the Justice society, society of America. America. Um, they can help us find him. And he just says, no, our past will meet again, and next time, he's mine. And, and then you see, under the Brooklyn Bridge, uh, Manhunter finally comes out of the water and talking about how he almost had me um, several times, and he may be right. Maybe j- the jungle did change me. I don't belong in a city living with others. It's hard to play by their rules. But who am I to... Or, and he says... This is who I am. I will never change. Maybe it's best I go. Like, I'm assuming he then said, someone yells, screams. Yep, and it turns out it's a woman um, about to get mugged, and this is when Manhunter strikes back into action. Like nah, Exactly, and Manhunter decides, you know what? Maybe people do need my help. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the end of this story. The, the next one is up. one that you're all excited oh, about because yeah, you've been waiting to see this guy for a while. I even have the toy already on my uh, dresser upstairs. I'm like, let me just pull him over here onto the bed here and just read this book with Etrigan. And this uh, story is simply called Etrigan the, the Demon. Demon. Uh, created by Jack Kirby. Now, um, this is an untold story. They were saying how he's been a prisoner for years, um, captive by a foolish wizard, long dead now. Now the demon is trapped inside of a man. Um... And we all know how that story goes. Mm-hmm. So right now it seems like he's in an old castle. and uh, It looks like an old church, actually. Oh, old church. Um, and there's Jason Blood in the old church. Mm-hmm. But there's an older man in there as well. He's saying, hello, hello, I am Father Indigo. Yeah, it's an old priest. Mm-hmm. And he says, I got your message. I'm here. Anyone else here? Anyone? And he says, I am here, Father. Um, he says, I thought you were a man who had a the, uh, what is it? Uh, a man in a line of work who would have nerves of steel. And he says, my apologies, he's got a little startled, but he tells him, my name is Jason Blood, and I need an exorcism. Exactly. He tells. And he basically goes through the history of um, the demon, his life with the demon Edrigan. Mm-hmm. Um, all the things he's done over the years and how he's been battling for centuries. And he came to pass with, like, I know he's going to be in here for a while, but as the years and centuries go by, he he's getting tired, tired of having of the demon in him. Mm-hmm. Well, the priest tells him... Um, 
he says, yes, I have some strong magic here. I can't make any promises it will work, but blood is just like, give it to me. He doesn't yeah. even ask any questions. just takes it, gobbles it down, and he starts getting sick. And then the priest turns into a beast. <laughs> of some uh, sort. It looks like another type of demon. Yeah. And he says, um, finally, uh, he's got him where he needs him. Now he can finally free uh, the uh, doomed soul by killing Jason Blood and Etrigan at the same time. Um, yeah, well, it looks like he's a, the priest here is in a very similar situation to what Jason Blood and Edrigan is, mm-hmm. where he's trapped, trapped in, this in this man's priest's body. body, and he can't get out unless he um, kills Edrigan, according to this. Um, and by the way, he looks like another drawing I want to show you when we're done with this. I got to okay. Google it. Um, Once again, Jack Kirby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but he says um, uh, he didn't want to become the demon again, but he looks like he's going to have to do it just so he can fight off. So, of course, we start hearing the rhyme, Gone, gone, the former man, rise the demon, Etrigan. And so he's trying to save his life at this point. Now, this is interesting. The, um, who wrote this one? Hang on. Let me go back. Um, um, because storyteller. the classic thing, Edrigan always speaks in rhyme. Rhyme, right. And I was noticing not everything he said in this. In this story, they're not. he doesn't speak in rhyme, which is a little strange. It's Sam Humphreys and Stephen Rude. Right. So I don't know who wrote the um, script for this. But Edrigan, guys, Edrigan's supposed to speak in rhymes. Yeah. Just remember that. Now, he does speak in some rhymes throughout some, here, but, but not every word. I the first seen... thing he says here is, for decades I have languished inside this his smoldering soul, now I am free. There's no rhyme <laughs> there at all. Um, but then he says, to curse me, you must catch me, beast. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah, I mean... He's talking like a normal to person. curse me, you must catch me, beast. And it's like, that's not... I don't know. My life of agony, and it ends my name, Jason Blood. See, none of this is a rhyme, but anyways... I know I have seen some books where he doesn't speak in rhyme all the time. Oh my god, I just did it. <laughs> Anyways, um, he doesn't do it always when he speaks, but it, the way we see him now, he does do it. It's been a thing of his. But anyways, um, he takes down the other demon. He uh, burns, looks like burns the church, and just leaves the body in there. They don't really say if the other one gets out or not. But then he chants it back again, um, and he becomes. Uh, Jason Blood again because Etrigan realizes just how he has a prison inside him for Jason Blood. Mm-hmm. Jason Blood is a prison for Etrigan. They kind of have to take turns and work together just like they did tonight to overcome it. And so change, change, O form of man, but not the curse of the twins uh, condemned. And this here, the end, of, Jason comes to the conclusion that, you know what, we may be stuck together, but maybe someday we'll actually find harmony. Mm-hmm. And um, this is actually interesting because this probably um, is a teaser because we know there is a six-part Edrigan sto- um, story line, uh, mini coming. Story arc. So I'm, that's oh, what I was thinking. Too. I never noticed that. There's also on the same page, there is a um, – an oh, yeah. ad for the Detective Comics starting in 965, and it's Batman Detective Comics, A Lonely Place of Living, but I never noticed the other picture in here. Uh, I didn't either. I it did shows in the either. background Batman looking one way, and the back of his cowl basically morphs into another head, and Mr. Oz has something to do with this story. Well, no. Mr. Oz, remember, is the one who had Tim um, Drake, Tim Drake that's right, that's right, captured. So he, there's a reason so, why we're seeing him. I was going to say, where's With Splash? the Doomsday Clock coming up and all this stuff with Mr. Oz, we and may Detective be actually coming to some... We may be getting close to some actual answers to Rebirth, hopefully. I mean, how, it's been over a year now, so I hope so. Wow. Mm-hmm. Time flies. Well, the next one, we get three basically um, Jack Kirby classic stories. Mm-hmm. The first one is called The Face Behind the Mask. And actually, was, let me go... Was, 
give me just a minute, and it says here, The Face Behind the Mask was originally printed in Tales of the Unexpected number 13. Oh, yeah. They, let me and the art was from Jack Kirby. Now, um, mm, okay. it is this actress, and um, this guy goes to the theater and sees the actress and basically falls in love with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, talks to the, her agent backstage and gets a... Um, Gets a date with her, but when she comes out of the stage door, she's wearing a mask, basically. Yeah, and it's it's a bandit. It's all bandages, it's not just yeah. a regular mask. Uh, kind of like if you've up. ever seen The Invisible Man. It's right. basically like what you see exactly. with his head, except for with her hair. And I was thinking to myself when I was reading this, it was like, this seems like a horror movie. Kind of, yeah. Movie. Well, um, they end up going on dates over multiple weeks and stuff, and she's never taking, taking that off mask, mask off. No. But, they um, dance, they've seen movies, they've exactly. just been having fun. She always has their bandages on, though. Finally... When he's at home with his dad, and he's getting ready to marry her, but um, Ma- says, we go ahead to- and marry a woman you haven't seen. That's all. Exactly. Well, um, he says, to her, and his dad pushes it and says, you know what? We need to see your face. Right. And then um, she finally takes the bandages off, and they're horrified by this really, really old lady and mangled face underneath, yeah. which is not what he saw on stage. No. And you find out that um, she actually is a couple of hundred years, years old. Yeah, she's been around for a while. <clears throat> and she has this potion that she takes that gives her youth for a certain amount of time, but that's it. So, um, and then um, the kid decides that, you know what, I don't care about this. Let's go get the um, the potion. The problem is, she says, the wizard who gave her the potion, her father had to give him everything he owned mm-hmm. to buy this potion so she could live forever. Just kind of like, they seem like they have some money. Uh-huh. Well, the this guy's father decides, you know what? I'm old, and um, to make you my son happy, I'll buy the potion for her. So they she sets up a thing because there's the, the wizard's still around, and they're getting ready to uh, make the handoff. And um, before the guy hands his entire fortune over to this wizard, the lady's like, "Wait, stop! I can't do this." And starts wiping the makeup off of her mm-hmm. face. You find out that this was a, um, a con the whole time. Yep. And um, there was her and the wizard guy working together to basically swindle these guys out of their money. Mm-hmm. But since she decided to, um, to couldn't go through with it in the end, the kid is still in love with her and says, "You know what? Um, uh, let me see here. Didn't career helping? I'm glad you feel right. Yeah, yeah. When it's when this is all over some... and you're out, I still want to marry you. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the story. It was an interesting um, kind of a horror story. That's what I was saying. This yeah. would have been early horror comics there. Yeah. Um, the next two... Did are, it say what year this actually came out? It doesn't say the year, but um, and neither does the next two. Um, I'm going to look as you... Yeah, look up those issues. But um, the next two both come out of Real Fact Comics, issue number one and issue number two. And they're two-page stories. And all it is is um, I love the old um, World of Tomorrow stories. Like, Disney did some cartoons like this. Yeah. And things. Didn't they have um, an actual And some movie shorts o- things. No. Short movies. Well, movie? they had some short movies when they okay. did, like, um, Epcot Center and stuff. Showing yeah. the World of Tomorrow. Tomorrow. All right. Well, this one's just imagine the rocket lanes of tomorrow, and it's basically um, more dialogue or not dialogue, but um, exposition than anything else. And they um, are speculating about how in the future rocket ships will replace airplanes, and people will all have their own personal jetpacks. Um, <laughs> then, in the Department of Science and Innovation, people are going to be explorers called rocketeers are going to span the Gulf of Space via jet propulsion to make the fanciful dreams of their Jules Verne and other visionaries a reality. Uh, first, the moon's going to be reached, then Mars. Planet after planet will be surveyed future by future um, Columbuses of space. 
Uh, here we see the adventurers. They should they have a picture of the adventurers um, nearing Saturn. And then the last one is um, they're figuring that there will be transworld tunnels. We will be able to bore straight through the Earth and use a rocket ship um, going uh, over 8,000 miles an hour to travel through the Earth from like China to New York. I found out the first one we went over the, uh, the short was in May 1st, 1957. Okay. And there it is. There's the lady. That's what it originally looked like. Okay. And when were the other two out? I'm still waiting for my computer to catch up. Ah, okay. Well, the next one is another Just, just Imagine, A World of Thinking Robots. Now, some of this is kind of interesting on the robots one. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you love how they depicted the robots? Yeah. They're, it, it's great to see. It, they look kind of like the Fleischer robots a little bit. Right. Max Fleischer. But um, they're talking about how um, everything in the future will be so much easier for people because we'll just use robots to do it all. Um, they talk, they show a guy dictating through a dictaphone, which basically is a um, microphone that you would talk and um, like your secretary would hear the other end of it and she's doing all the typing for you. Well, they have a um, robot typing for him. Um, man's next step in developing thinking machine will be a robot, a tireless mechanical servant that will perform man's duties in factory, which they show above of robots building cars, which we already have. Right. Um, or in the office that, to the right, which actually you can do that now. 46 were the, um, 46. Okay. Facts, uh, comics one and facts, comics two came shortly cool. after that. So both came out in 1946. Well, in the office, wow. they already have computer programs that when you talk, well, we have it on our cell phones. Yeah. When you talk, it types. Mm hmm. So, um, it's not done by a robot technically, technically, but and then they said also in the coming age, um, even in the realm of sports, football teams will be able to um, hurl metal might, and you'll have robot football teams and robot sports teams. We and don't have says, that. We have somewhat simulations. Yeah. Well, no, you have. we Video have had games. robot sports. We did have robot yes, sports. Yes, and they still do that. There are still plenty of Playing people who do, do the, the robot sport. Armageddons and stuff. Don't you, wasn't that phone that first came out, at least when it became real popular? Yeah. Well, um, the last one they have here is in the home. You'll have a hydra-armed robot, a robot with many, many arms doing all your chores for you so you don't have to. The um the robot servant will be the equivalent of a maid, cook, butler, and gardener. Sounds something out Mr. of the and Jessons. Mrs. <laughs> yes. Well, Mr. and Mrs. Everyman will enjoy this domestic luxury as a matter of fact as they um, have accepted their wonders of electricity. We've already done that. I don't think Exactly. It's f- it's fun to see. These are definitely worth um picking it up and checking out these old stories. But um I don't know the I think we're about done with that at this point, right? Yeah, I think that was really all we had for uh, reviews. We said we didn't have too many big things to come out. Yeah, uh, hang on, let me get this. I don't know why that was still on there, but uh, we only have one thing left to do then. Yeah, we gotta make a trip. That's right. And that sound can only mean one thing. It's time for our weekly trip to the comic shop. This week's comic shop pull list for September 6th, 2017 is brought to you by the Shazbots. Check them out on Facebook and iTunes and also over at Shazbots.com. Let them know that the DC Superpowers podcast sent you. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the first book we actually have up on this um, is we had nine books coming out next week. Or actually, as of tomorrow. Yeah, tech, yeah. So... <laughs> We're starting off with Harley Quinn number 27. Harley and the Penguin 
Ooh. struck an, an uneasy truce the first time he started extending his criminal empire into New York City. But now he's plotting a massive real estate deal right in Harley's Coney Island, including coming after her own building. Art is done by Eleanor Carlini, and it's written by Frank Thierry. wonder what that's going to be like, because that's... I think Different they're brand writers. new on the book. Yeah. Hang on, let me see. I believe the last book was still, yeah, still Palmiani and Connor. So this is the first t- the first book of um, of the new writer and um, artist on the book. So Let's see how you like that one. Yeah. Um, I know when they changed up for uh, Aquaman, it was pretty good. So. Well, it's interesting because Harley, I'll be interesting to see where they go from here because Harley, the, Harley in the last two books, Joe. well, the two on the 25th anniversary, the mayor of New York had decided it was, Harley was, he was tired of Harley messing with his stuff. Mm-hmm. So no, he course. hired the, um, unbeatable 25 or something like that. It was these 25. assassins. Yeah. And basically and they, they interrupted her birthday party. She yeah. wasn't happy about that. Yeah, I, and for the next yeah. two issues, she took out the twenty five, and then realized since she's working with the has been working with the chief of police mm-hmm. that you know the only way to stop the mayor is get him out of there. So I'm going to run for mayor. You know, if we got enough time, or this week or next, we got to pop in um the Batman Arkham uh, Knight. Do you get to play as Harley Quinn for one of them for okay. about I want to say probably about twenty minute run, fifteen minute run. Yeah. Time. It's pretty good. She takes down the whole GCPD <laughs> <laughs> and Nightwing. I can see you're doing Poison that. Ivy. Um, well, next we have up Greenland's issue number 30, Out of Time, Part 5. Jessica, Simon, and the first seven uh, bearers of the green uh, ring faces Valhoom in the past as he holds the Guardians of the Universe hostage. As lanterns after lantern fall, is there any chance of stopping the first lantern from rewriting reality? Well, the art is done by Matt uh, Santorelli and uh, Carlo Barbati. And written by Sam Humphreys. Sam this Humphreys is, a, is back on there. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is an interesting story because um, seeing them working with the original Bring seven lanterns, and yeah. actually, it's now the original six lanterns. Remember, they yeah, lost yeah, one. I, know. I was a little. I was really actually a little. I want to see if someone that. shows up because that ring is going to be finding a new bearer. I was wondering. I thought that might be Jessica's from the past into now. I didn't know what was. Going I do on like there. the idea that um, Simon, when his ring was shattered. The shrapnel got stuck into his arm because um, he was able to use the emerald sight still. Yeah. Well. Now, is that in Rebirth? So it would be interesting yeah, if he's the hmm. basically one of the first Lanterns to be able to be a Lantern without a ring. Yeah, I'm going to have to reread that because um in the New 52, I have no idea if that's something they were trying to go off in there. He had the tattoo on his um, right That's arm. what actually glowed green. Right. And I, th- I think they're showing now in Rebirth, this is why. Because the New 52 are like, his arm glows green with his tattoo. They ain't explaining <laughs> why. Now they're showing why, so I think that's a pretty clever idea. Okay. Aww. The next one. Oh. Well, I'll keep going while you're trying to bring them up. Okay. The next one we have is Nightwing number 28, Spiral Finale. Mr. Minos has returned to hijack Nightwing's brain and steal all of his superhero secrets. Will Huntress and Nightwing be able to save every superhero in the world? Or will Mr. Minos, or Minos, scheme shatter Nightwing's mind beyond repair? Who seems both foreign and familiar? Art is done by Javier Fernandez, and it's written by Tim Seeley. It's nice. Finally got mine back up. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is Batman issue number 30, The Ballad of Kai... He's back! That's right. <laughs> I, I forgot about that guy. Um, in the Ballad of Kite Man Part 2, in our second War of Jokes and Riddles interlude, it's the making of a supervillain. He's been pushed by Batman to snitch on the Joker and... Um, Cajoled by the Joker to betray Batman. Now, the flunky who would be Kite Man finally snaps. 
he's lost everything and a life of crime is only way his only way out um art done by clayman and written by tom king Literally every time I hear think hear and think of Kai Man, all I can think about is the episode of um, Joker's Favor from the animated series. Do you remember that? I don't remember. Uh, it sounds very similar. It's a guy that uh, flicked off Joker when they were driving down uh, the highway. He's like, uh oh, oh, I remember I just that. Burst yeah. out the Joker, and then he follows me and tells him, "You got a favor to do for me." And you know, well, this is the second the second half finishes up the Kite Man story. I believe next issue is going to be the. Um, the end of the War of Jokes and Riddles. Um, because I believe issue 32 that. is the start of the new Batman story arc. I'm happy about that. I don't know. This uh, Jokes and Riddles had a lot of promise in the beginning, but now it's kind of, it just got dull. Like after what, the second or third issue? Yeah. It's just, it's just it had, it just, something wasn't right on it. I, for me, I feel like since the writers are really focused on what's going on in the future, it wasn't too much going in for the past. We already know Joker was dead, and now he's coming back. But, yeah. Mm, I don't know. Eh, just not my favorite Batman story art. Okay. Well, the next one up is we have Cyborg number 16. Metal versus Metal. That's M-E-T-A-L versus M-E-T-T-L-E. Now, I wonder if this has anything to do with Dark Knight's Metal. I don't know. Possibly. It says, with the cure for the OTAC virus within reach, Cyborg must join forces with his corrupted doppelganger or dismantle him and end this war once and for all. Meanwhile... Anomaly escapes Star Labs only to come face-to-face with the creature who destroyed the world. Is this world too far gone to be saved? And worse, is this foreshadowing what will become of the of our world? Art's done by Alan Jefferson and is written by John Semper Jr. Hmm. Um, I just got the last... Was the last two or the three issues ago because they had Beast Boy in there, but for me, Cyborg is one of those uh, comics I'm like, eh. Yeah, it's not been hidden for me either. Um, as I say, I just don't know about being a solo run. But the next one we have is Deathstroke, issue number 23. Uh, Defiance Part 3, as the team begins to crack under Slade's harsh leadership tactics, Defiance is called into action after a cruise ship gets hijacked on the open seas. It's sink or swim for Deathstroke's new squad when they're put to the test against impossible odds. The art is done by Jason Pez, uh, Yacht. Diogenes, Diogenes uh, Neves, and written by Christopher Priest. This is interesting because we know that um, Kid hmm. Flash is coming back to t- Teen Titans. So how long is he actually going to be on the team? Yeah, and what issue? Yeah, next issue looks like he's leaving. Um, yeah, because the next, the preview picture for the next issue actually has him in his classic Kid red Flash and costume. yellow costume, attacking Deathstroke in his new uh, white and black costume. And also from the cover that they're showing now, looks like Rose is the one to stab her dad in the back. So, Quite possibly. Uh, she might be the one first one to leave. I don't, like you said, we don't know how long this team's going to last. This is Deathstroke leading a team. Let, let's think about this. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, next one we get Green Arrow number oh, that's 30. That's a nice little cover. I hope to get that in a variant. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Green, Ooh. I didn't Green Arrow attention. number Sorry. 30. And yeah. it is um, part five of Hard Traveling Hero and the fifth hero for Green Arrow to go team up with. You know, we couldn't. Uh, Every issue's been a different team. Yeah. Well, the day. Oliver Queen has dreaded for years has finally arrived. Green Arrow, DC's most stubborn, most hot-headed hero, needs help from the last person he ever wanted to ask, Hal Jordan, who'll give the Emerald Archer, um, who'll give the Emerald Archer a lift to the stars in this stunning reunion that readers have demanded since Rebirth began. Yeah, I've been. This will be interesting. Hal Jordan back on Earth. Yeah, it, um, I think the one time we've seen Hal Jordan back on Earth is when it's. 
with another hero because last time we seen him on Earth was with Barry, right? No, last uh, wait, yeah, he did come, show up on Earth, yeah, because they had their little. Um, and uh, before that, part. it was to set Jessica and Simon together, right? And that was in the very, very beginning. Yeah, um, this la- so three to- only three times he's been on Earth. Come on, how- well, well, technically in the he's Dark been a little Knight busy. Metal. He's been a little busy. I'm still trying to find where is Dark Knight Metal taking place. I uh, don't know yet. It's in the timeline. It's on oh, the word. main universe. So, but um, art for this is done by Otto Schmidt and is written by Benjamin Percy. The next one we have is Justice League issue number twenty-eight, The Legacy Part Three. This is a really good story. This line. has been a really I'm good really story. My yeah, teeth this so far. One. Um, an outside threat has followed the Justice League children back from the future in order to destroy them. His name is Arthur Curry, and he will not stop until they are all dead. Um, that's all we get from there. But the art is done by Matt uh, Bannings and uh, Fernando Passarian, also written by uh, Brian Hitch. And Brian, you've been doing a great job. Thank you. Yeah. Well, next up, and this is an interesting cover. Very. You get Superman number 30, A Minute Longer, Part 2. Here is actually the second part of the Sinestro story. Um, this looks like a job for Sinestro. <laughs> Trust in, thrust into the antimatter universe of Quard. Superman's only hope is the former greatest of the Green Lanterns. Art's done by Dun Mank, or Doug Mank and Jaime Mendoza. And is written by Keith Champagne, Patrick Gleason, and Peter J. Tomasi. Just thought something. What if Sinestro is going to be the Lantern in the Justice League movie? That would be interesting. Yeah, ha- actually have him as a Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. That might be interesting. Hmm. Um, and it's cool. On the on the cover, you see Superman in the yellow Lantern armor. Mm-hmm. Sinestro on the other side in parallax in the background. Because we know from the last um, the last issue that it looks like they're going to be fighting over um, parallax. Right. Um I would not have thought to see a Superman in a Sinestro uh, armor at all, and this is new. We'll see where this goes. I'm interested mm-hmm. by this. But that was all for our. Um, That's it list. for the rebirth. Actually, oh, I had one, one to throw more. in there. That's right. That I am going to read the description for this because this one was flying way under the radar. I didn't yeah, even I know this was coming. This one. We do have a new um, Hanna Barbera Beyond title, Dastardly and Muttley Number One. It's a red letter day for the good folks of um, Unlikeistan. <laughs> as they start to power up their first atomic reactor. But after pushing the wrong button... Of course. The ultra-rare ra- ultra radioactive element... <laughs> unstable... Unstabilium. Uns- unstabilium, yes. This has is been Hanna-Barbera. Has been released into the atmosphere. Now it's up to pilot Lieutenant Colonel Richard Dick... Dastardly? Al- um, Atcherly. Huh? And his navigator, Captain Dudley Mutt Muller... Uh, oh, to geez. save the day. Oh, jeez. Will they, um, will they safely complete their mission, or are things about to get a little wacky? <laughs> Art done I by can't do that Morissette, um, and it's written by Garth Ennis. All right, who's classic, um, legendary comic author. Okay, I'm wondering uh, they did anything else for the Hand Barbera. Uh, um, uh, well, Garth Ennis has worked for everybody out there. Okay, I. You know, I wonder if this will la- is this will be a mini series or is it just going to be something like this? There you the go. Scooby-Doo? That's a little bit of the Garth Ennis from DC. Oh, okay. Oh, jeez. All right. Uh, I'm still reading the um, Scooby Apocalypse, and um, I'm surprised that one's still going since that's the last of the first set. Right. I love it. Um, right now they have Scrappy being like an anti-hero. Right now you shouldn't like him, and he's working with the team, and they're doing a little old callback between we did work with the team, but in this case he doesn't want to. But yeah. also, when the world's full of monsters, you 
kind of got to survive. And if that means working with someone you don't like, eh. Exactly. As long as you all have the same uh, survival instinct, that's what it is. Survive. (laughs) So, So, um, well, that was our pull list, guys. Exactly. Um, I just want to say, as we were recording, I did post a picture of uh, Superman uh, speaking the truth. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't even know how many people saying that. Let me actually. Yeah, go to our Instagram and find that. Uh, and there's been some awesome stuff, but Vernon, why don't you let everybody know how they can find our Instagram? I think that one there is good enough. You need to put that on our Facebook page and our Twitter, too. All right. Well, that's not the one I wanted. Wrong profile. Let me go back to DC. There we go. Uh, we have three likes already, so thank you guys for seeing this while we've been recording. Uh, more we'll see. Hey, um, Full Metal. Well, this is Alex. Alex is out there. We got to get him on the show, dude. He, yeah? He was act- <laughs> He was actually sad. I went to uh, my friend's wedding. He was like, you know what? I was a little sad that you guys didn't invite me on the show for the uh, Flash um, season finale. He's ah. a big Flash show fan. Um, he's a comic book fan in general, though. Okay. Uh, he reads everything, not just in D.C. He goes everywhere. He even reads comics I've never even heard of, so. We, we gotta get him on the show at some point. But anyways, uh, thank you, Alex, for liking the picture. We are gonna have to get you on the show at some point. We gotta get in contact. Um, but, but how can they actually? Get you in can contact find us, us on the Instagram where I just found our Instagram is DC Superpowers Podcast, and it's the same on uh, Facebook DC Superpowers Podcast. But on Twitter, we are at Superpowers DC. Um, also, for my personal usage, you can find me on Instagram, Howlnat Wolf. Facebook, I am Vernon McWayne Moore, and Twitter, I am Vello. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter as GW1Ken. On Facebook, I'm just Ken Rose. You can also find the, um, you can email the show, yes. DC Superpowers Podcast at gmail.com. We're also members of the Tangibound and Weeby Geeks Networks at tangiboundnetwork.com and weebygeekspc.com. Um, and from there, actually, I have something to throw out to you guys. Let us know on social media, on, um, on emails, on anywhere you can get a hold of us. If we actually had t-shirts available, would you be interested? Yes, would you? Um, I think we look pretty good. Here's actually one from uh, another. And this is Andy's. Yeah. But we wear shirts and we wear, I wear the Geekwatch one shirt. Um, we support each other. So um, I'll take some pictures and put on there show you guys what kind of things we just do as friends. And if you guys as fans want to wear it for us, fans wear their stuff. Hopefully you guys wear our stuff and get our name out there. And once again, you can see our Exactly. And even if not t-shirts, what other type of um, swag and stuff would you yeah. actually be interested in if we actually had it available to you? If we had like a merch store set up, yeah. what would you be interested in? Yeah, let us, let know. us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, on uh, email, and anything, any way you can get a hold of us. Let us know what you want to see. And even um, just throwing out there, it doesn't have to be specific logos to be colors. Um, if you guys like black, maybe you can get all the well, yellow one. Exactly. Well, I was thinking um, with originally with the t-shirts, I was thinking... Doing one like with our logo, but having the um, six or seven different colors. Mm-hmm. You'd have a red, a yellow, a black, black. a um, silver, mm-hmm. red, um, orange, green, orange. Yeah, have so, the basically the Justice League colors. Exactly. So on shirts, um, guys, let us know. Um, comment for everyone's listening. And as we said, people already have been liking our stuff. We've been recording, so you're out there. Let us know. Okay, and with that, Vernon, thank you for hanging out with us, my friend. Anytime, anytime. And we'll see you next week. And Super Friends, we'll see you next week. Take care.